Salutations. Welcome to Podmortem. I'm Renee Hunter-Vasquez, joined as always by my co-host, my husband, and my brother. Hi, I'm John Paul Vasquez. Hi, I'm Travis Hunter. This week, we're recording live from a remote home in the woods discussing the 2016 slasher, Hush. This film was directed by Mike Flanagan and written by Flanagan and his wife, star of the film, Kate Siegel. Hush's inception began between Siegel and Flanagan on a dinner date. After combining a shared appreciation for sound design in horror films with Flanagan's challenging goal of making a film with little to no dialogue, they began to painstakingly stage the film in their own home. Under Mike Flanagan's skilled direction, Hush adds a daunting twist to the already terrifying home invasion subgenre. This film was recommended to us by friend of the show, Wenda Go-Getter, and mom to two of us, Nisa Hunter. Thank you for your suggestion and your support, and also for life. Hush was also the winner of our May Patreon poll, so thank you to all of our patrons who participated and voted. If you want to help us decide an episode, join us over on the Patreon at patreon.com slash thepodmortem. So, what did you guys think about Hush the first time you saw it? I loved it. Stop that. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Man, look, I want to apologize already because I'll say it. I did not like this movie at all. Just period. Uh, It it was not. um, It was. It's short, Mm -hmm. but it's very drawn out for no reason. And I, I feel like for me. This movie was just everyone making bad decisions after each other. And I was like, I don't know why you are doing that. Uh, well, I, so, think, I think one person made a lot of bad decisions. Uh, Not I, everyone. I, guess. I, I don't I just it didn't work for me. Like none of this. I know I watched it before with your sister and I didn't really care too much for it. So uh-huh. I was kind of like your sister was like, you know, go in with the fresh eyes. It's been a while. And it did it, it only hurt it more for me. <laughs> <laughs> and I know that uh, I know that I'm not I'm known for not knowing a lot of directors' names and like who people are, but I recognize their characters and whatnot. Um, and I do enjoy things that Mike Flanagan does, mm-hmm. you know, shows or movies or whatever. His wife, right, is the actress in the movie. Yes. Yeah. Uh, I do like things she's been in as well. But this, uh, you know, this just did not work for me. I did not like, I don't know. It did nothing for me. I was very hopeful that the second watch would give you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, me too. I, you know, I, I was like, I liked uh, it less. Yeah, actually. I'll be honest. I kind of did too at the beginning. I came in and, and when I started watching it, I was like, okay, let's. And I just, I, the more I watched it, I was like, man, I was like, this is even more <laughs> not in <laughs> did you just find yourself more nitpicky i think that's what it was i think that's all it is well this show kind of i think has changed the way that our brains process movies right. anyway so yeah. maybe it was foolish to think that you would enjoy it right enjoy it <laughs> it's like no jp i want you to pick apart every moment yeah and i think you'll like it more yeah. but like it more than you do <laughs> I uh I gotta go the exact opposite. I tr- I love this movie. Right. I uh <laughs> really wanted all of us to. <laughs> and I'm I'm really glad that you guys like it. And uh-huh. I wish that it would have been different. Yeah. And it, it just wasn't. It didn't. It. <laughs> I'm sorry. I like that he didn't say I wish I would have liked it. He said I wish it would have been different. Yeah. Well, I want the movie to change. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I just I, we'll get into it the more we go. Of but course. Yeah. yeah. It, I I did. I really wish that I'd have had a different opinion on it. Mm-hmm. Um. 
but it, it, I think that's just what it is, was that I had more to kind of take apart. And I was like, this is just not, it's hurting the movie more for me than it is me enjoying it. I, I feel like, and as we get into it, some of the things we can explain away, like the dumb decisions you're talking about, right. I think some of them might be a matter of ego and like uh, underestimation. You know what I mean? I um, I mean, we'll get to it when we get yeah. to it, but I, I feel like the character that I'm talking about in particular, yes, I agree with that. I also think that their motivation wasn't purely to just get this over with. And again, we'll, ex- we'll explain like, more. Expound on right, that as right. we go, but... I uh, I also have a I disagree. <laughs> <laughs> I actually um, I've I think we've at this point seen everything that Mike Flanagan has ever made, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. aside from the films that he made before he made Absentia, right? Because I know he made some that I think were either dramas or romantic dramas or something like that. I would love to see them. I, yeah, <laughs> yeah, I'm sure they were great. Yeah, but for some reason I don't know why I watched Absentia. I watched Oculus, but I think this one is the one that made me think like, okay, who is this Mike Flanagan character? And I wanted to know more about him and then to see the trajectory of his career after Hush, which I think kind of goes hand in hand with the relationship that he had with Netflix. Yeah. Slash has with Netflix. Right, right. Uh, All started here. I wonder if Hush wasn't bought by them, would The Haunting of Ill House have found a home there? Oh. You know? And the world would be a much darker place if not. So how do you feel that he's doing the same thing that Rob Zombie's doing? In what way? Putting his wife in every single thing he does. Well, the thing is, is that Kate Siegel's a great actress. I'm not disagreeing with you on that, but <laughs> I, think, I mean, <laughs> I think that's where. Uh, and, and let me let me point we, uh, out. Let me point out my grievances. He's still doing it. My, so <laughs> <yes. it's>, <laughs> <laughs> I think it's romantic. She's gonna be in the Fall uh, of the House of Usher as well. Hell yeah, she is. Let me let me just clear th- one thing up because I do get a lot of shit for the Rob Zombie <laughs> stuff. <laughs> my my grievances. Brittany just turned up the volume. Yeah, she yeah. Was like no, <laughs> continue. <Right>. Speak. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> my grievances with Rob Zombie were never about how much he loves his wife. <laughs> <laughs> I actually think that's one of the greatest things about him. Right. It's adorable. And uh, yeah. And uh, moving, and on. moving on. But when we do cover a Rob Zombie film, we'll probably dive into that right. a little bit more. <laughs> but Hush, for me, I think it's an incredibly tight, uh, inventive kind of take on the home invasion subgenre. Mm-hmm. It kind of, because it doesn't have that family drama of Flanagan Mm -hmm. which might be why it's shorter and tighter because the characters are fleshed out enough for me to care about them yeah but it's not a matter of (laughs) and JP's already (laughs) going I I, I don't I don't care I think that too like I don't get enough I think that what we get with and we'll talk more as we get into it but I think that what we get in just the introductory scene Mm -hmm. of maddie and sarah talking right that to me i i I know these people yeah i care about them and their relationship they just feel like genuine people they do to me anyway i mean i i I don't know i just i want a little more i i i know you're out here and they give a little reason why you know she lives where she does and all that but i don't know man it just didn't i was like no that's not good enough i want some more (laughs) I was like, yeah, I want some more background. Let, uh-huh. let me. I just want to care a little more. I think, and and that I felt like I wasn't given enough for me to actually really care. Which is really funny too, because when we co- covered Oculus, uh-huh. we got 
backstory, but it was throughout the whole movie. Right. Yeah. You know what I mean? So when here, it's just like that one spot and that's it. I think that that's one of the things that this movie excels at is not letting up on the tension of this night. Yeah. And if they were to flashback to anything, right. it would tension's break gone. It. Well, and I, from what I read, that was a big necessity in even making the film uh-huh. because Mike Flanagan had toyed with the idea of this being a silent film completely. Right. Like no sound, no dialogue whatsoever. Hmm. And I think it would be interesting, but I had read him saying that you're going to hear the person next to you chewing their popcorn. Yeah. You're going to well, hear yeah. a car <laughs> alarm going off. He's like, you want that tension and to to be locked in that moment with uh, really as little dialogue as possible right, there's right. very little talking in this mm, movie there is but still the way they play with sound even through maddie's point of view mm. and again we're we'll get to it yeah yeah uh, um i found very interesting and i really think it locks you in mm-hmm. and you're right any kind of flashback and that's the thing he hadn't done obviously hill house and all that yet but even if you're just judging off of oculus when you think mike flanagan you you're like steeped childhood like family dynamics all of this and that's not you don't get that here no but i feel like you also don't typically get a slasher from mike flanagan either i I feel like it's kind of a departure from what he typically does but for me it was very successful i'm still confused too at the slasher thing i don't like when i think slasher i think michael myers i think jason freddy krueger i i I don't I don't think that when I watch this. I think this has a lot of slasher DNA in it because of certain things that happen and I think that depending on how the night went, it would have been more of that. It kind of is a marriage of that slasher home invasion. Both yeah. subgenres, I'd say. I mean, I guess I like I said I don't know, maybe I just didn't care for the movie and it's just kind of clouding uh my judgment to try and like accept any of that because uh-huh. I just don't like I'm like slasher. This is not a slasher. But I mean, if it that's what it's considered, you know what I mean? But I, I just don't like none of this to me was scary and it could have ended very quickly and it didn't. And I think I was like, all right, well, <laughs> <laughs> I have opinions on why it didn't end quickly. And I disagree with you on the scary part because I was working on my script when you were at work and the kids were at school and I had to take a break. <laughs> <laughs> well, because I did give myself the willies God trying damn. to work on this. Well, I did. I'll, I'll I'll tell you how I watched this movie with one bathroom light on in our bed in my underwears, taking <laughs> notes. Like I, th- this was not one. I was like even. Damn, I'm hungry. Oh, the movie's on. I, I mean, it, it, it just it didn't. And I, I will give my reasons and uh-huh. kind of, you know, what. Um, but I do. I really wish that I would have had a different opinion on this movie. I I respect your opinion. It just makes me laugh that you're like, no, it's not a slasher. Yeah. I don't like it enough. I like it. slasher, yeah. so this and is a well, it, man. I mean, <laughs> Now, before we slam the door on this film, we would like to issue a warning for spoilers. Podmortem is a very in-depth podcast, and in thoroughly discussing horror films, we have no choice but to spoil a thing or two. If you don't wish to be spoiled, please go watch the film, then come back and enjoy the show. If you've already seen the film or don't care about spoilers, then let's sound the alarm. So notably, before the film, both the Blumhouse logo and the Intrepid logo have absolutely no sound. 
I appreciated this. Yeah. We always talk about how when films visually kind of ingratiate you into the film. Yeah. Mm-hmm. This one audibly is doing it. Yeah. I don't know that I've seen that before. No, I, I can't say I have. No. I was pretty intrigued by it. I did want to talk about Blumhouse and how Blumhouse, well, his name isn't Blumhouse. <laughs> <laughs> and how Jason Blumhouse got involved with <laughs> <laughs> with this film but i do have to shout out a podcast called the commentary cast which is hosted by grant spittore because he sat down with mike flanagan and kate siegel and they ran through and did a commentary track for this film very cool and i think he's a filmmaker in his own right he did a film called i am mother also for netflix oh okay but um, I got a lot of really good information from that interview. So most likely, if you hear me say anything interesting, it's from that. It came from that. <laughs> <laughs> but I did find out you had talked about that dinner date that they had where they came up with it. Yeah. They said by dessert, they had already come up with the full outline for the film. Jeez. Which is like it amazing. Yeah. Nice. I God know. Damn. Fucking where were you eating? <laughs> <laughs> but... Flanagan said that the next day he called Jason Blum and Trevor Macy over at Blumhouse and was like, we got this idea. And they were very intrigued by it. And so they came in for a meeting because they had worked together. We had said on Oculus. Right. And they were working together on, I think, Ouija, his movie that he made, I think the same year. He was busy as fuck. Yeah. Damn. Good for him. But yeah. <laughs> But basically, the meeting went really well. He said that he called it... Because there's a movie called Wait Until Dark with Audrey Hepburn. And I think it's a woman who is blind who has kind of a home invasion situation. Mm -hmm. And he said, it's Wait Until Dark meets Halloween was his pitch to Blumhouse. And so... He stopped him mid pitch and he was like, All right, what what is what do you want? <laughs> like <laughs> how much? And so it was a million dollar budget, super low, but it was super low because it gave them full creative control. Right. And it gave them the ability to cast Kate Siegel in the lead. All right. And so he was willing to make it for very little if it meant he could do all those things. Yeah. But they showed it at South by Southwest, and then that's when Netflix caught wind of it. All right. And then the rest, as they say, you know is history right. <laughs> I, was like, uh-huh. I don't know but um <laughs> long story short again we said if jason blum hears of a movie that's for like a million dollars or right. whatever he like fucking pops Little up on me and coach yeah. <laughs> that's how you summon him like can't even yeah. <laughs> you just repeat a low budget into the mirror <laughs> five times <laughs> you wanted to shout out the commentary cast Yes. Right. I wanted to shout out horror queers. Oh, yes, absolutely. We love them. Oh, yeah. You know, always have, always will. But I read a very great interview that Trace from Horror Queers did with them. Yes. On Bloody Disgusting. And it was I was very like, awesome. <gasps> yeah. I was so excited about it. But yeah, they're great. If you don't listen to them, you should. Mm-hmm. But the film itself opens with a bang, hush, and big black letters in the sky above a forest. We drop down into the trees and we see a house. Nice little quaint house. Right. Yeah, I love the house. I I mean, I would never live in a forest. No. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, the house is lovely. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. I think it's films like this that make it to where I never could because it's already been planted in my head that these things apparently happen. Oh, yeah. They're like magnets. <laughs> <laughs> I'd love to live out there. Really? Oh, yeah. Even, I bet it's quiet. It's just... And murdery? Well, I mean... <laughs> You take the good. Well, you got to think, too. There's space to hide bodies as well. Are you doing the murder? Uh, And moving on. Right? Cut that. Cut that. Cut that. (laughs) Edit that out, dude. 
<laughs> inside the house, all the noises are amplified. We zoom in and hear the clicking of a gas stove as it's being turned on. The twisting of a corkscrew into the cork of a wine bottle, the wine being poured, an onion being chopped, eggs being cracked and whisked, garlic being crushed, asparagus being cut and cooked, rice bubbling as it absorbs water, the oven door opening loudly, and lamb sizzling inside. For somebody who, like... <laughs> I love this shit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's very uh, ASMR. Uh-huh, and not the porn kind. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> All I'm saying is most of it's pornographic. All I'm saying. No, stop <laughs> saying that. I really appreciate the sound design in this film. Yeah. I think that they, the way that they use loud and quiet, mm-hmm. like dynamics, is very interesting. They do, and we'll talk a little bit later about the method at which they film some of this stuff later. Mm-hmm. It's very interesting to me, especially considering the sounds. Right. But I just think that they had a, again, they ran a tight little ship. Yeah. yeah. And I think it works out really well. I will say that Kate Siegel said that those are not her hands doing the chopping because she's <laughs> terrible at it. <laughs> <laughs> but speaking of Kate Siegel, Maddie Young, played by the lovely Kate Siegel, mm-hmm. reads the recipe on her laptop for what she's cooking. I've always wanted to try lamb. I've seen it a lot on Hell's Kitchen. Uh, Where's the lamb sauce? Yeah. <laughs> the only thing I know is the sauce is often forgotten. Yeah. <laughs> but if you remember it, I think... Uh, right? I'm sure know. it's great. Yeah. We get closer to Maddie's face and all of the loud noises of the kitchen drown out to nearly nothing, completely muffled. We see all the things that were making such loud noises before, now silent. The sound comes back as Maddie takes a taste of her sauce and does not look pleased. <laughs> I want to know what's in that sauce personally. Yeah. Well, something bad. <laughs> she does not look happy Because every it. single time she tastes it, she's like, what did I do? <laughs> well, she's trying the recipe. You That's know? true. You gotta, Might not be. You yeah. know. Gotta tweak it a You'll little bit. You'll get better at it. Add more pepper. It looked like some <laughs> cream gravy. I don't know. But I did want to talk about Kate Siegel in this role because I think that she is fantastic in it. Mm-hmm. I do know that whenever this film came out, there was a little bit of controversy surrounding the fact that a hearing actress was cast to play a deaf actress right and that like every single community on earth the deaf community is not a monolith and so there was a lot of people who were very much in favor of kate siegel's portrayal because it was done with respect and a lot of research Mm -hmm. and then there were other people that were not as much in favor of it both had their opinions and that's totally fine i will say that from what i heard she did do a lot of research they did have a consultant on set who mm-hmm. was deaf taught her sign language good for this role yeah, yeah. taught her how to win nuances that i would have never even thought of such as mouthing uh in a, a particular way while giving these signs yeah oh wow um certain dialects of sign language that would be used by maddie and not someone say in canada Learning. oh you know okay. yeah, yeah. like it's very specific there's a lot of different nuances that's very interesting yeah. and so i just thought that she did put a lot of work in i think she does a great job yeah of course this is coming from someone outside the community right, right. right. but uh i i just love kate siegel I do too. I mean, of course, I think representation is always important and Mm -hmm. that's not to belittle that at all. Right. But I do appreciate them doing it with compassion and under the instruction and guidance of someone in the community. Mm -hmm. Would it, I mean, would it be cool if always people cast in these roles actually were part of those communities? Of Of course. course. Yeah. But I 
really don't think they would have done it maliciously or anything like that. I will say that there was an interview I read in IndieWire where Kate Siegel and Mike Flanagan, they were quoted, they might have been from another article, but it was in IndieWire, Mm -hmm. where they said that if they were to make this film again, they probably would have cast it a little bit differently. Right. And had gone through and given uh, maybe a deaf actress the spotlight to have a role like this. Right. Right. So, I mean, you know, everybody's growing, everyone's learning. Yeah. Right. I love these people. Yeah, Yeah. for sure. And I think they mean well. (laughs) Yeah. And it's not like like you were saying she didn't just oh I'm gonna act she went and did research yeah had someone help her and yeah I mean she did that you know what I mean there was respect shown in doing the role and taking the role and doing it serious mm-hmm. so that's at least good you yeah. know what I mean for sure but on the laptop a text from a contact called Sarah next door pops up reading can I stop by Maddie replies sure cooking. She adds a little bit of seasoning to the sauce and tries it again. And this time she does look fucking just confused. Yeah. See, I'm like, <laughs> I want to know. Yeah. Sarah texts again, asking what she's making. And Maddie turns her attention back to the laptop and gets a notification that it's about to die. So she closes it, takes it to the living room and plugs it in. Next to the laptop is a little row of books. Mm-hmm. And of course, there's Stephen King books in it. Of course. It did make me sad, though, because the ones that I immediately recognized, of course, were Mr. Mercedes mm-hmm. and then Revival. Mm-hmm. And Revival, I think, is one of his most underrated books. Right. I, it's, I loved it. Mm-hmm. And Mike Flanagan was supposed to adapt it. And I guess that fell through. And I was fucking... It was like they did something <laughs> to me when I found yeah. out it wasn't happening. I was fucking devastated. I remember. I've only seen the cover of that book. And I believe it's about a circus. <laughs> <laughs> Is that at all? You got it. Okay. You nailed it. <laughs> I'm going to have to read that. <laughs> I also saw Under the Dome, I think, which I know you're yes, a fan of. Yeah. But I did want to say, because I thought this was very adorable on that commentary thing, Kate Siegel had said that this was, they shot most of this in sequence, uh-huh. which is really good because of the way that they use tension later. Right. You can keep your actors, yeah. you know. But whenever she walked over to plug in the laptop, like she had to do it a few times because she's like, this is the first film where I'm the lead. And so the second we get everything in order, the script's done, Blumhouse is on board, everybody's finance, we're all here. I forgot how to walk. I forgot of how to course. plug. <laughs> <laughs> of so she's like, I, I just ruined. Yeah. <laughs> That's so fucking relatable. Like, I get that so much, but it just made me laugh. That's funny. <laughs> But Maddie picks up her phone to answer Sarah that the only thing she's making right now is a mess. She sets the phone back down next to her glass of wine, cork, corkscrew, and a framed photograph of her with another woman. Maddie picks up a bowl of cat food, opens her sliding door, and shakes it. In runs her cat, who immediately starts to eat when Maddie sets the bowl down. I was like, this movie just got even better. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, it's fucking adorable. Got my new favorite character. Yes. Um, Yeah. Still standing at the doors, Maddie sees Sarah, played by Samantha Sloyan, walking up the path to her house. Now, if we can just talk about this one for just just a second. Midnight Mass. Mm -hmm. And of course, we can't get into it here, although I would love to. Yes. Um, Before I saw Midnight Mass, I think I had only seen her in this. Me too. And then in Midnight Mass, she is a very different character. I'll say that. And then so seeing her again in this, my knee jerk was like, oh, you and I was like, oh, <laughs> calm down, <laughs> calm down, because <laughs> she's so um, like sweet and genuine feeling mm-hmm. in this. Mm-hmm. That just shows like what a great actress she oh, is, yeah. because holy shit. Very versatile. Yes. 
uh, Kate Siegel and her apparently have been best friends for years. I love that. And so, I mean, whenever you're working with a limited budget, you work with people you know. Yeah. 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 Like even the drone shot at the beginning of the trees and everything, that's just because one of their friends happened to own a drone. (laughs) 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 Like, it's just amazing how they put this together with their limited. Yeah. You know? I love that. But Sarah texts her that she doesn't see any flames and Maddie quips back, not yet. Sarah laughs as she approaches the house with a book under her arm and Maddie comes outside to meet her. Sarah slides her phone into her back pocket and hugs Maddie before telling her that she finished the book. She sets it down to tell her properly in sign language and we see Maddie's photo on the book jacket. So it's like, oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. I will say that the phone in the pocket is very important. Mm-hmm. Yes. The shot wasn't just a cheeky little glance. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was <laughs> it was very important. But not oh I said cheeky yeah. and then I said but <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you need to calm down. I need, yeah. to, <laughs> I need a break. Uh, <laughs> what I'm trying to say is that thankfully with Netflix, I paused the book jacket and I read everything on there only for a later, later on. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So I was like, all right, well. (laughs) Didn't need to do that? Not at all. But Maddie tells Sarah that she doesn't have to sign. And Sarah says that she knows Maddie can read lips, but she's getting better at it. She and her partner, John, are taking classes and she wants to practice. Although she admits that she's better at understanding it than she is at actually doing it. In sign language, Maddie asks what Sarah thought of the book. And Sarah tells her heartfelt that she loved it. She loved Riley and she loved Aaron. And I was like, oh, <gasps> my God. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Again, if you have not watched Midnight Mass, go watch Midnight Mass right now. We'll fi- it, finish this yes. and then go watch Midnight Mass. And it was very interesting to see her saying that. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but yeah. Maddie thanks her, but Sarah just continues to gush. She tried to guess the ending and she's usually great at it, but she couldn't with this one. She asks Maddie how she was able to come up with it. And Maddie tells her through sign that her mom says that she has writer brain. Any possible outcome plays out like a movie in her head and it makes her crazy. There are so many endings that it's frustrating because it's hard to make the voices be quiet. Sarah's confused by the prospect of Maddie hearing a voice, so she clarifies that she has a voice inside of her head. Sarah asks if it's the voice of a child because Maddie got sick and lost her hearing when she was 13, but Maddie says that it's the voice of her mom. Why is that so sweet? It's very sweet. I found that interesting that it wasn't her own voice, but I mean, I guess if if when she was young, it would make sense, her mom. Mm -hmm. But I mean, because I like I the voice in my head is just me. Yeah, you know our I mean? inner, yeah, but but yeah, that I was like, that is that's interesting. You I know? thought it was interesting that she said, "Does it sound like a kid?" Because yeah, that's the last that's time she yeah. heard her own voice. Yeah, but so, yeah, when you think in your head, do you think in complete sentences? Sometimes, because I think in like, I mean, like fucking full out, and then I learned apparently that's weird. No, I have conversations with myself. What do you? Oh, I mean, remember he shows himself. Yeah, videos. Oh, yeah, that's yeah. true. <laughs> if you listen to talk more than last yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm fucking Moon Knight over here, man. I mean, (laughs) (laughs) but Sarah says that whatever's going on in Maddie's head, she thinks she's a great storyteller. But Maddie laughs at her because she signs kisser instead of storyteller. And Sarah's like, well, I'm sure you're a great kisser, too. (laughs) (laughs) They laugh until an alarm starts to blare inside the house. Sarah points toward it, and Maddie turns to see a bright flashing light blinking on and off. They run inside the smoky house and Sarah heads into the kitchen as Maddie goes to disarm the alarm. As she gets closer, we hear is her again and the horrible loud blaring is muffled to nothing. 
Sarah finds the culprit, the lamb in the oven, and puts it in the sink as Maddie finally gets the alarm to stop. And her cat is like, fuck this shit, I'm out. <laughs> and runs yeah. right out the back door. That alarm was nuts. Oh, it yeah. was, yeah. yeah. Gordon Ramsay is like, it's burned. Yeah. <laughs> Dumb. Yeah. Yeah. Dumb. Yeah. Get out. <laughs> Shut it down. <laughs> but Maddie apologizes for how loud the alarm is, but it has to be so loud so she can feel the vibrations even if she's sleeping. Sarah's like, well, that alarm could wake up anyone. I love how they're not only setting up things to understand Maddie's day to day, but also things that will come up very important yeah. in this film. Yeah. Like it's a very good way that they use exposition. There's one that's that they use later, probably the slyest reveal of something, like dare I say better than the way James Wan does it. Oh. And I, I, I love if, James Wan. I wonder if we're thinking of the same thing. Probably are. But later, it's darker outside, and Maddie and Sarah sit on the porch with the doors to the house open, <laughs> probably to air it out. Yeah. <laughs> Sarah asks about Maddie's cat, and Maddie says that she'll be fine because she's an independent little bitch. Sarah didn't know the sign for bitch, so she giggles at being taught. It's like, of course, when you're learning a new language for your friend, you're like, how do you say fuck? Yeah, say bitch? Yeah. Like, that's, that's what I want to know. <laughs> Did you find it? I thought it was interesting that bitch was such a simple sign. It is very. Like, we got to yeah. use this all yeah. the time. <laughs> <laughs> but Sarah says that she's sorry about what happened to Maddie's dinner and invites her over to eat. They could order food and watch a movie. And when John comes home in an hour, he could join them. But Maddie declines the invite because she has to work. Sarah's understanding gives Maddie the book, thanking her for letting her borrow it, but Maddie tells her instead to keep it because she's got a dozen more inside. Sarah says that she'll come by tomorrow and brush up on her signing because she really wants to get good. She recaps the signs that Maddie has taught her today. Kissing, storyteller, bitch. <laughs> they part ways, Sarah giving her one last wave as she walks home. So the line about the books that she has in the house yeah keep that in mind because that's something of an ending that they couldn't do that they wanted to use oh so we'll talk about that later but i personally love their relationship yes very little time together but i already feel their friendship right Mm -hmm. and it's not just like she's humoring her because she's a fan of her work Yeah. yeah yeah you know it seems like they actually care about each other I will say not to give anything away, but the moral of the story is always ditch work to go watch a movie. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) That's the takeaway. Yes. But Maddie's phone vibrates, and when she checks it, there's a new message from someone named Craig. Thought of you today. After staring at it for a moment, Maddie deletes the message. Well, that's a weak-ass attempt. I mean, we don't know what happened. Yeah. (laughs) We literally know nothing. I have known Maddie for 10 minutes longer. (laughs) So you're on the bubble, Craig. (laughs) Back inside, she sets her phone on the counter. We see a family photo with her in it and numerous copies of the book that she wrote titled Midnight Mass. Yeah. Like that TV show. Yeah. yeah. I mean, not Mike Flanagan teasing something five fucking years before we get it. Like, From what I read, I remember reading a lot of interviews with Mike Flanagan after Midnight Mass came out. Right. He had said that the reason he teased this is because he had been working on it for forever. Right. And so he was kind of getting to the point where he's like, I don't think this is ever going to get made. Oh, man. And so he's like, this is getting made. I want it out there, even if it's something small like this. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean... 
even we learn more in a second literally it's characters names from the show yes like i mean this was fleshed out a straight up scene right right and so it's like you know he wanted people to know that it existed whether or not it got made he's like i wrote something great (laughs) (laughs) so then he did that before he made this like before they even oh yeah had yeah. The dinner like he had that waiting mm-hmm. oh all right that's a, I mean that's pretty amazing yeah. I thought that was really incredible and to keep it close to his chest even if he's teasing it because if yeah. I'm working on anything even remotely as good as Midnight Mouse I'm like hey stranger <laughs> yeah, come here stranger <laughs> 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 like, fucking anybody on the street <laughs> uh, you heard of mixtapes yeah. <laughs> <laughs> take a copy is this a three thousand page <laughs> novel <laughs> <What the> fuck. <laughs> We see the back of the book jacket where we zoom in on her photo and a piece of the about the author write up. It says that she contracted bacterial meningitis when she was 13 and suffered hearing loss and temporary vocal paralysis. But there were complications and a later surgery that made the hearing and speech loss permanent. Now, I will say they misspelled speech. I didn't even notice. I'm a copy editor. (laughs) (laughs) I did not even notice. I was like, why? (laughs) But I did see... Those books are going to be worth a lot when they are. It's the first edition. (laughs) I will say even up top, they say Crockett Island. Right. Like they... Amazing. Yeah. Yeah. They knew. But it dissolves into a shot of the outside of her house and now it's fully night. But inside, Maddie eats dinner, not the lamb, and (laughs) sits working on her laptop. She has various endings for the book she's writing pulled up and in her head, a voice rambles overlapping itself and mentions the church, Aaron, Riley, Father Paul. I'm like, yeah, unbelievable. Yeah. Now, but take your shoes off the chair. Yeah. (laughs) I understand you own the place, but come on, man. Yeah. A little decorum, please. (laughs) (laughs) But she switches to another ending as the voice says that this isn't working. She needs something brighter. The voice contemplates killing Aaron, but backtracks. That would piss readers off because she didn't set it up properly. Or she could just scrap the whole book and find a new career. The voice quiets as she pulls up FaceTime. She types in Craig's name and starts a call only to hang it up as soon as it starts to ring. Shouldn't have done that. Yeah, no. no. Of course, Craig calls her right back and she ignores it. Zero effort, Craig, does not deserve the time of day. He was waiting. (laughs) He was. He was just holding his phone in his hand. (laughs) Craig tries to FaceTime again and she slams the laptop shut. She heads into the kitchen and begins the arduous task of cleaning up her ruined dinner. Now, I, I know you said that Blumhouse finances, but did Apple have anything to do with that? I mean, <laughs> I mean, I, 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 it's a I, lot. Yeah, I, when, I was like, is this a commercial? <laughs> <laughs> it literally, it transfers from her MacBook to her phone. Yeah. It's like continue conversations yeah. on other devices. <laughs> I'm like, oh my God, is she talking down lens? No. <laughs> <laughs> But out of nowhere, Sarah slams against the door, bleeding and screaming. She begs for Maddie to see her, begs for help. But Maddie's back is to the door as she continues to clean. Sarah's shot in the back with an arrow and she screams. A man in a hoodie, a white mask and a beanie goes over to her. She tries to fight, but is too weak and he stabs her in the stomach. He continues to stab her, slamming her body against the door, but drawing no attention from Maddie. He stabs her a lot. No, it's yeah. like, quite God a bit. damn, dude. See, this is where I was like, this is the, the slasher. Right. Right. I I mean, I get that, but there's no way she couldn't have felt that. 
Oh, the vibration? Yeah. They're, okay. Yeah. I'm, like, he was fucking that lady up. I was like, calm down, dude. Up against yeah. the door. Yeah. yeah. I was like, and against out. the door. Yeah. yeah. And that was the other thing is I was like, this feels very personal. Yeah. It I, did. That's why I was like, yeah. all right, she's, she's had enough. Yeah, she was yeah. dead 25 <laughs> snaps ago. <laughs> yeah, I was like, calm down. Um, That's one thing. I will say that I love this movie. I think it is very inventive Mm -hmm. very unique there are a couple moments where i'm like ah damn it like it's not because i feel like the level of this film is so high that anything that doesn't go to that level i'm like damn it this is one of those moments i wish almost that she'd still been at her laptop i get it wouldn't work maybe as well for the reveal that we get in a second Mm -hmm. but it would have made more sense because she is very perceptive we already know that so I feel like, she, and Sarah's fucking banging on the door and even she's before two he feet ca- from the door. Yeah, so yeah, maybe, yeah. maybe if she was a little bit, just a little bit further. Yeah, yeah. So you know? I, that I, I'm not gonna agree with you the whole movie, but uh, I'll uh, give you that uh, one. Don't worry, there's more. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> there's more. You better be going somewhere with this Vasquez. <laughs> they had said Mike Flanagan. One of the first visuals he thought of was a person being murdered outside of a house, a person on the inside of the house, oblivious to it happening. I will say it is visually no, striking, yeah. yes. and disturbing. Oh, yeah. for her to be that close mm-hmm. and not able to offer Sarah any help. But when you try to think of it logically, it's like I. I don't know. Yeah. yeah. And honestly, when you think about it, okay, so Sarah left. Right. Yeah. Maddie has been home. She makes a dinner that's not what, you what know, she was making. What yeah. she right, was right. making. She eats it. She works on her book a little bit. She gets rid of the gravy that we don't know what was wrong with it yet. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Biggest mystery of the film. Biggest miss of the film for me. Yeah. <laughs> what was wrong what? with the sauce? <laughs> but if you think about it, Sarah's been gone. It's been like an hour, maybe. Probably. What has she been going through for and this hour? I, oh, yeah. That insinuation, I think, speaks in our favor, T. Oh, okay. For an issue that you have with it. Because I don't... Uh, I, no, 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 we'll get to it. We'll get to it. We'll yeah. get to it. You just gibberish your way out of... <laughs> no, 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 Hold on, hold on. Out of his <laughs> potentially valid right, complaint. Okay. Well, because we're it's getting okay, ahead of ourselves. Well, yeah. Okay, all right. You'll still have the complaint yeah. when it's time, okay? I will. <laughs> it's not going anywhere. But he continues to stab her until she slumps over him and dies, and he just drops her onto the porch. He looks through the glass at Maddie, who just continues to clean her kitchen. With a gloved finger, he taps lightly on the glass before fully knocking on it with his fist. When this still gains no attention from her, he drags Sarah off of the porch. So I do want to say that in the hands of a lesser writer, Mm -hmm. this killer would be revealed as Craig. Yes. Or Uh, John. Okay. Oh, fair. Or John. Very fair. Uh, I the thing is is that whenever craig called we get a small picture yeah yeah. we see that he's black yeah and we see that the killer has a very white neck right (laughs) and so (laughs) and he's got a uh george clooney from dust till dawn (laughs) craig didn't have a (laughs) george clooney tattoo i i did want to talk about the mask very quickly right they said that they went through several of them. They were designed by a guy called Bruce Larson. Mm-hmm. He actually designed the, or at least sculpted the Lasser glass from Oculus. Oh, oh yeah. Sure. And he worked on Before I Wake. 
I love Before I Wake. They actually filmed Before I Wake before they filmed Hush. And then Before I Wake gets released, what, like 2019 or something? Yeah. Like a weird fucking yeah, thing that yeah. happened. But the mask, if you look, is basically just a shell of the canker man from Before I Wake. <gasps> Holy uh, shit. Like, <laughs> it's, yeah, he said it's just basically the same thing. Yeah. That's, it looks, I, I think it yeah, looks very creepy. I like the mask. That's yes. the one thing I will say, you know, definitively. Uh, the mask, I keep it on just put it, yeah, <laughs> the whole time. It's the slight smirk. Right. You know? Yeah. Because they said they made it way plain before and they're like, this is too Michael Myers. Yeah. <laughs> I hope we've gone too far. We, I know we said meet yeah, Halloween, but. But a light flashes on Maddie's phone as it rings again with another FaceTime from Craig. Again, this would really. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Annoyed, she turns the phone over, puts her hair up, and sits back down to write. To finish the sentence, it was at that moment that Aaron realized, Maddie types, that she was a shitty writer, in all caps. Behind her, the sliding glass door slides open. The man enters as Maddie continues to type, and I'm going to die of old age before I publish a second novel. I will say that it's very funny that she kind of put herself in the place of Aaron in that sentence. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And then she goes on to yes! play Aaron. Yeah. <laughs> But the man takes out a knife and stands right behind her. He types the knife loudly as she types, la, 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 blah, 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 ending stuff, the end, money now, please. <laughs> <laughs> Someone named Max starts to call through FaceTime and the man steps out of the way. Maddie answers with a smile and it's the woman that we saw from the framed photo at the beginning. It's her sister, Max, played by Emma Graves. She calls Maddie Squish and Maddie calls her Squash. And Maddie tells her that she's planning on abandoning the novel and joining the circus before pantomiming hanging and then shooting herself. Hey, maybe if he makes <laughs> <From> revival. <laughs> Max laughs, asking if she's still having trouble with the ending. Maddie says that she has seven endings and rolls her eyes. She tells Max that Craig called her and Max is like, talk about bad endings. Maddie says that she didn't talk to him, but she almost did. Max points out that it's been a year and that their mom keeps asking her when Maddie is coming back. Maddie says that she signed up for a deaf dating site, but there are only four men in the whole area and she's not interested in any of them. Max asks if she misses the city and Maddie says no, because it's too loud. She like says it as a joke, but Max is like not playing she no. gets serious yeah. Yeah. and asks her to move back and stay with her because it's not good for anyone to be so alone as she talks the man takes maddie's phone off of the counter behind her max says that it's not good for maddie to isolate herself but maddie interrupts her sister she didn't isolate herself isolation happened to her it wasn't her choice max is like who's that looking behind maddie which that would Dude. scare the shit out of me <laughs> yeah I gotta just even imagining it from the sister's point of view. Yeah. Imagine that you're on Skype with your sister mm -hmm. who you know lives alone. Kind yeah. of in the middle of nowhere. In the middle of nowhere. And you think you see someone behind right. her. Right. Max says that she thinks she saw something move, but Maddie tells her it must have been the cat because the bitch escaped earlier. They say that they love each other and disconnect the call so Maddie can go look for... And we find out the cat is named Bitch. Yeah. <laughs> so, Maddie, so Maddie can go look for Bitch. Maddie sets the laptop down and picks up a bowl of cat food and goes searching through the house, shaking it. She goes through the rooms, the bathroom, even the loft space on the second floor. She opens the door and shakes the bowl outside like she did earlier, but still nothing. So this is a very, what we were referring to earlier, 
just an incredibly smart reveal of the house. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because there's a reason why she's going through the house right now. Yeah. And the camera's following her. Right. She's looking for this cat. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just very smart. I, maybe not better than James Wan, as I said, I was just very impressed of the way that they use this reason. Right, right. I love we'll James say, Wan. We'll say it's the same. It's on it's par on with level. James Wan. <laughs> 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 But I did want to say about the house because they said that this house actually belonged to a crew member's mother. Oh, shit. Damn. And so they put her up in a nice hotel and then the set decorators came in and just redesigned the yeah, house. Yeah. And so this, again, keeping budget low, they're using a basically a friend yeah. of Man. you know? Yeah. It's just incredible. <laughs> they did say that in one of the rooms they found it was Mike Flanagan compared it to the basement and trimmers with all the guns on the yeah, wall. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> 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 that they had to remove all of them because they're like, look, that's the one thing that could end this movie right Immediate- now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but Maddie shivers against the cold and puts on her jacket before settling back down with the laptop. She does leave the sliding door open for the cat. Mm. But that's when she receives an alert from her own iPhone, a picture message. Looking confused, she clicks on it to find a picture of herself working on the laptop from earlier before she had the jacket on. They keep coming in. One of her with the cat's bowl through the blinds. One of her shaking the bowl, but from inside with her, close behind. So I will say, before with the photos i'm like well some of these are pretty old yeah <laughs> pretty like, old like a couple minutes ago well, yeah but then when i see the woman with me in the jacket yeah but, yeah but there's one of her right now hunched over the keyboard in shock with the jacket on all right so now we got a problem <laughs> <laughs> if it was three minutes ago that's yeah. fine yeah there's a delay you would think she would have felt that you uh. know what i mean like even when he was behind her you know, I I mean, I'm sure sensing a right. presence. Yeah. You know, and then if he even then like you can tell when there's somebody that's just looking at you, even if you don't know them, uh-huh. you get that weird feeling or you're like, is somebody fucking looking at me? And yeah, the creep at table three is, you know <laughs> yeah. what I mean? So I just I'm like, how did you not feel any of that? Well, I mean, sometimes, you, you know, She's you don't feel for the it. Cat. Oh, the cat. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's just the cat watching me. Yeah. 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 Bitch will be back right now. <laughs> With a horrified look on her face, Maddie turns to look at where the photo had to be taken. The open sliding doors. After getting those photos and remembering I left the door open. Yeah. Now would just be a good time to burst into flames. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> or close the door. Oh, yeah, yeah. that too. <laughs> Maybe little, close the door. Yeah. And, then, yeah. and then burst into flames. I think I'm a little more dramatic. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's it. Yeah. It's like an eject button. <laughs> she gets up and walks slowly over until she sees the man standing there in plain sight with the crossbow slung over his shoulder. She gasps, paralyzed with fear, and he holds her phone up to her. She runs to close the sliding doors and he starts to run toward them, but she closes and locks them just in time. Not to be deterred, he walks to the next set of doors, but she locks them. He tries the door in her kitchen, but it's locked. He walks down the steps of her porch and around the house, propping the crossbow up on his shoulder. He walks casually as Maddie scrambles around inside the house, trying to keep eyes on him through the windows. He tries another door, but she locks it just in time. I'm like, how many windows and doors yeah. do you have? Yeah, this house has far too many windows. Right. But Maddie runs to her laptop and starts a FaceTime with emergency services. As soon as she does, the man opens the fuse box on the side of the house and turns everything off. The house goes dark and Maddie is told to connect to a network before she's able to FaceTime. 
She looks at the networks and clicks on John and Sarah's, but it's password protected. Still holding Maddie's phone, the network comes up for the man as well, and he sees that she's unable to connect. They stare at each other through the window, and he raises his knife, scraping it against the glass and leaving traces of Sarah's blood behind. Her eyes filled with tears. Maddie stares at him in horror, and he just walks away. So I think that this begins what makes it so frightening to me mm-hmm. is that it's kind of, it's the cat and mouse of yeah. it all. Right, yeah. right. Because he's, you know, the, him standing there with her phone or whatever, he could have just bum rushed inside. Right. And, you know, ended it right there. Yeah. But he just doesn't want to. Yes. Yeah. I, I, I get it. And at this point, I was still like, okay, you know, let's kind of see what's going on, you know, and... You know, it was, it's fine. <laughs> to right here, I'm right fine. Now. Right okay. now. Right now. Like, okay. I didn't like him opening the phone and showing her, look, I see the thing. Like, it's like, you, really? Uh-huh. That's what's, he's, your, he's that's what's on your mind? He's playing with her. I, 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 I don't know. It was, <laughs> it was a lot. It was just a lot. Uh, I mean, he's got his methods. <laughs> <laughs> Maddie walks over to the sliding glass doors and watches him systematically puncture her tires and walk into the woods. We hear from her muffled point of view as she looks around in a daze. Finally, she snaps into action. She goes into her purse and grabs a tube of lipstick and takes a flashlight from a drawer in the kitchen. She returns to the sliding doors and uses her lipstick to write something on the glass. She backs up to the short flight of stairs leading to her loft and sits down before taking a deep breath, aiming her flashlight at the message and turning it on. She sits there for a moment waiting, but the man makes his appearance again in the window. He reads her message. Won't tell. Didn't see face. Boyfriend coming home. He's big and he plays football. (laughs) And he'll kick the the shit out of you. (laughs) (laughs) He stands up to make eye contact with her. He pulls off his beanie. He takes off his mask. The man, played by John Gallagher Jr., reveals his face to her. This was terrifying. Yeah, I feel like this movie and I really like the strangers. I know that you guys don't really. It's not really either of your cup of tea. It's all right. Um, I uh, I didn't care. For I, I really <laughs> like it. This kind of takes the best parts of that for me or it takes the parts that scare me of the strangers right. and makes like kind of, you know, shines them up a little bit. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I think that's the thing for me is that if if you're ever like there's a crime happening right and somebody has a mask on you can at least kind of be like well i might make it out of this alive yeah yeah, yeah I i've can't never identify seen his them. face yeah i'm not a self-defense instructor or anything i'm not <laughs> but again if they show you your face it's probably over yeah so at this point chew their nose off <laughs> <laughs> uh squeeze their nuts until you hear popcorn <laughs> I mean, oh my that's God. my purse. I don't know you. Exactly. Yeah. Like you, this is and when you fucking, now again, I have no like authority or anything, so probably don't listen to me, <laughs> but get to fighting, right? Right. Oh yeah. I, I did like the gesture of him taking his mask off. Like, look, I'm going to kill you. This is just what it is. It doesn't uh-huh. matter. Um, I, I just kind of wish he would have put it right back on. Because you've already seen it and now it's back yeah. to. It's like, because now I... I don't know. It was just, it took me out of, I guess, the fan, the fantasy of, oh my God, you are a monster. Uh-huh. I, you're, it's just some dude. Yeah. It's like, yeah. oh, you're just some dickhead. Don't you work at Best Buy? Yeah. It's like, <laughs> I know you, right? <laughs> Little Billy. Yeah. Like, what, what the, the fuck? fuck? <laughs> this is what you're doing with your summer yeah. vacation? <laughs> <laughs> 
But the man stands staring at her before asking if she can read lips. Reluctantly, she nods and he says, well, you've seen it now, haven't you? He looks down at the end of the message, boyfriend coming home and quotes Max. Seriously, Maddie, maybe you should come back and live with me. You know, I worry about you. It's not good for anyone to be so alone, Squish. That was a private conversation. (laughs) (laughs) You son of a bitch. (laughs) He tells her that he can come in and get her anytime he wants, but he's not going to. The moment she wishes she were dead, that's when he's going to come inside. He tells her to nod if she understands, and she does. He says good and tells her to enjoy it before walking off. This is the whole, da, 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 hold on. Okay. This is what I'm getting to. He could come in and kill her. He could have killed her before she even knew he was there. At he this, wants to play. At this point, I'm still on board. Okay. I understand, and I'm like, okay, I... Like I said, I will tell you when (laughs) it took a nosedive for me and it wasn't even like a complete, it was kind of like a down and then it kind of leveled out and I was like, all right, but I was like, oh my God. I am so excited to hear the moment when you're heartbroken half. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Please let us know. I do want to call out very quickly the use of lighting now that all the lights are out. Yeah. Yeah. Like the cinematography it play here to light a scene in the dark. Yeah. It's pro- it's more more complicated than you would think. Mm-hmm. Oh, I bet. And making it to where light sources appear natural from the outside. Yeah, yeah. Like it's just very well done. Yeah, remember that episode of Game of Thrones? Oh, you That's mean where how they not to do yeah. it. Yeah, they played <laughs> that like, for the crew. Shit. Yeah. <laughs> like, so this is what we're trying not to do. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I <laughs> That was so bad. That was so bad, dude. I thought we thought our TVs were broken. Uh, yeah. <laughs> like this is supposed to be fucking yeah. HBO. What the hell? Uh, but the other thing I want to talk about is the sound design. Uh, a lot of these, again, like I said, cat and mouse situations. Uh-huh. They because of the way that they were using the lighting and the way that they were shooting it, mm-hmm. they had to kind of be able to tell Kate Siegel what to do and where. Right. Like you know, turn a little left so the light hits your face this way or whatever yeah so a lot of the sounds that you hear you know the footsteps her moving everything the majority of it is built from the ground up after the fact oh i believe it like that makes sense yeah like and it really it works so well yeah Yeah. because really if you're on set they're like hey kate can you move your head (laughs) and you don't want to hear that no No. (laughs) that might take you out of it a little bit a little bit yeah it's like is that mike flanagan (laughs) well she's got someone in the house with her let's right let's take this guy (laughs) the two of us can we got it yeah but maddie switches off the flashlight and slowly walks into the kitchen she gets a large knife and digs under the sink for a hammer knocking a can of wasp spray onto the floor with the weapon in both hands she goes into her bedroom she sets the knife and the hammer down on the bed and pushes a heavy dresser in front of the door she closes the shades to her windows picks up her weapons and sits with her back to the wall ready she peeks out the window but there's no one there so she resumes her stance That's when she sees the man's shadow against the wall. He begins to knock on the window incessantly, but Maddie stays hidden. When she notices the strange angle of the hand knocking, she peeks outside and sees that it's not the man's shadow. He's propped up Sarah's dead body and is using her hand to knock on the window. 
<laughs> I gotta be honest. At first, I thought it was him, mm-hmm. and I was like, "He's really bad at this." <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, "Oh, oh, damn!" Yeah, yeah. I mean, that, this is just insult to injury. You don't yeah. because it, she doesn't know that she's dead yet. She no. didn't see any of that. No idea. It's hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, "What a jackass, man!" Yeah, it's... he had to go back and yeah. get her, and yeah. bring her to the side of the house. Too far. He stands up from behind Sarah and stares at Maddie with a smile. Horrified, she drops the hammer and walks backward away from the window. She moves the dresser from the door and goes back into the living room. Here, Maddie falls to the ground, sobbing. We see her body racking with sobs, but hear nothing but the muffled nothing that Maddie hears. Suddenly, she gets control of herself, remembering Sarah sliding her phone in her back pocket as she walked up to Maddie's porch. I have a very small nitpick here. Because that's not the view she saw. Exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I understand even if we got the, you know, the little cheeky glance or whatever, yeah. that's fine as long as you also show her point of view of that shot. Yeah. yeah. So it's like, that's for us. One for her. One for, yeah. Her. Yeah. One one for me. <laughs> you know? But they just show the one that everyone saw. Right. She goes over to her purse and grabs the keys to her car. But when she presses on the fob, the car doesn't do anything. Crouching down, she goes into her kitchen and tries it again at the door, but nothing. Taking a deep breath, she unlocks the door to her kitchen, the outside door. She opens it, leaning out onto the porch, and presses the button on the fob. Now the alarm on the car blares, drawing the man's attention, who's still peeking through her windows. Yeah. I like the shot of him, like, where'd she go? <laughs> <laughs> I, this was smart, and I do like this. My only nitpick with this is that her car is better than mine, even though it's older, uh-huh. and mine would reach that it would immediately from the kitchen. Oh. You yeah. didn't need to do that. You well, should got to up the stakes. The battery on her fob is going out. Oh, <laughs> just, <laughs> just said that at the beginning, dude. Uh, your eyes went so shifty when you said. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe it was, a few. Yeah. <laughs> it was in the production notes. <laughs> Speak with more confidence. Oh, very yeah. You weren't listening when she said it was going out. My bad. Wow. Jeez. Man, wow! I Did thought you, even you were prepared. Watch this yeah. movie <laughs> <laughs> they talked about the battery for like five minutes, mm-hmm. and then I didn't talk about yeah, it. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I will say that they said that I guess when you had talked about it, the intro of them like kind of role playing to kind of work out how they're going to do this movie, mm-hmm. yeah, to make it make sense. This was one of the things that Kate Siegel came up with when Mike Flanagan was, quote, trying to break into their house, unquote. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and because she's like, well, what else can you do? You're out in the middle of nowhere. Yeah. Try to get the attention of anybody. Yeah. You yeah. know, although you are kind of just luring them into danger. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, help my chances. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> While he's killing Distract you. Them. I'm going to take off the exactly. back. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Maddie closes the door back and locks it. She watches and waits for the man to take the bait, hiding as soon as he runs to her car. While he's distracted, she runs back into her bedroom and opens the window. Sarah's body is thrown underneath and Maddie leans out. As she searches Sarah's pockets, the man breaks the window of the car and turns off the alarm. Just as Maddie is realizing that Sarah's phone isn't there, the man rounds the corner to the house and sees her. I don't, it's not funny, but he's like, God damn it. Yeah. <laughs> well, because she got one over on him. Yeah. yeah. I will say it's she. It's just her getting caught. She's like, oh, oh shit. Yeah. She searches a little too long. It's like she has the two pockets. pockets. Are yeah. And yeah. the phone was you, sticking out. Yeah. But, uh, but I, I mean, I get it in that moment. It's just like frantic. But if you don't see it from right there, there's no need for you to reach. And I mean, it could have maybe, I don't know. 
I understand if she was like checking other pockets, but yeah. she's like ass cheek one, yeah, ass cheek it. two, yeah. maybe ass cheek one. Yeah. <laughs> maybe I didn't search long. Yeah, I was. I mean, it's, I'm very frantic. <laughs> Do a thorough job. Yes. But Maddie pulls herself back inside as he runs over to the window and he reaches in, but she manages to slam it shut on his hands. They fight him trying to push the window up and her trying to push it down when she remembers the hammer that she dropped. She lets go of the window and runs for the hammer. The man pulls the window open, but Maddie swings at him, embedding the claw end of the hammer in his forearm. He screams and backs up, leaving Maddie time to close and lock the window. The man wrenches the hammer from his arm and groans as he surveys the damage that it caused. I think, well, no, because she's seen your face already. I was going to say, just call it a night, dude. <laughs> yeah. Like, you got an Fuck. hammer in your arm? Uh, no. Yeah. Right here. What? Is where it took a little dip for me. Really? My thing is this. I, I, I like that she defended herself and she went, but you clearly seen her turning around or why did you take your eyes off of the wind it's a window mm -hmm. you see her you can see her she can see you if you see her coming back something in her head maybe pull your arm out or this whole house is made of windows break a window a different <laughs> one why are you so dead set on keeping this window open because there's praying. five more on this side alone i think and 10 more on the other there, there, there yeah, yeah, I, yeah there I don't, is. and there's i mean just in her bedroom alone like there's i two said windows. it didn't <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it didn't dip down all the way but it uh -huh. took a little and i was like dude are you are you gonna be this dumb the whole time i was like Cause please tell me no i feel like he has completely underestimated her mm -hmm. and he thinks that he will be able to overpower her that she's panicked that he has the upper hand i think that he's just fucking around that's what i think but i mean he at this point yeah. right but look at he just got a hammer in the fucking arm See, he did I maybe think, don't underestimate yeah. people no this is the first lesson of the night yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think because I do think that he had underestimated her for everything right and he kind of continues to in small little ways but I think that this is the first instance that he's like okay wait a minute I feel like the car uh -huh. when I when I went I would have been like alright you motherfucker she's yeah. smart yeah mm -hmm. and I would either like you said I'm gone yeah <laughs> this, this is clearly uh huh I'm I need to not level something up. that's gonna be easy. Yeah. yeah. Let me go do some side missions and I'll come back. Find her neighbors and then you yeah. know level up a yeah. bit. Yeah. But yeah, I was just like, why are why, why? You you can see her coming back, dude. Why'd you put your arm in there? Hubris. <laughs> yeah. He flew too close to the side. Uh-huh. <laughs> he did something. <laughs> well, he won't be flying yeah, much anymore. No, yeah, no. <laughs> not with a wing like that. <laughs> <laughs> But the man picks up his knife, cuts the fabric from Sarah's shirt, and uses it to bandage his arm. He looks from Sarah to Maddie and takes Sarah's broken and ruined phone out of his own pocket. He holds it up for Maddie to see, knocks on the window with it, and places it on Sarah's dead body. He takes out Sarah's earring and shows this to Maddie as well before placing it in his own pocket. So is that like a trophy? Yeah, I for guess, sure. I guess, yeah. The sound fades out again and Maddie walks away from the window, but we can see the man banging on it and yelling at her in the background. She leaves the room and closes the door behind her and the sound comes back. She tries to take a moment to get herself together, but hides when she sees him through the window coming around to that side of the house. She walks up to the sliding doors and she hides next to them as he peers inside. He walks around to the other side of the house and Maddie tracks him through the windows as she slowly opens the sliding door and steps outside. She steps out onto the porch steps and narrowly misses being seen by him. He gives up on the window that he's looking through and comes back around, but completely misses Maddie hiding under the porch. 
She shakes in her hiding spot and places a hand on the wooden planks above her to feel his footsteps as he walks back up to the sliding glass door. I thought that was a very smart move. Yes. I will say that I did learn that whenever they had written this, they wrote it through the lens of the house they were living in. Yeah. And so when they find this house, they kind of have to reconfigure everything. Yeah, of course. Because this sequence was supposed to have something to do with an attic that this house doesn't have. Yeah. Mm. And so when they got to the set, they're like, well, it has that porch. You can fit under that porch. (laughs) (laughs) We'll make it work. And that's it. Yeah. Again, on the fly. Yeah. He looks around and stands right above her. She looks up and stifles a gasp as she realizes where he is. He walks back down the porch steps and she takes the opportunity to run toward the road. She doesn't get very far, though, before an arrow hits a tree right in front of her. She turns around to see him loading up another one and runs back into the house. She opens the sliding doors and throws herself inside just as the arrow hits the doorframe. Got to admire the attempt. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, she was fucking running. Mm Mm-hmm. But she throws herself to the ground and sits up against the stairs to the loft. The man walks up to the door and taps the glass with an arrow, smiling at her. He throws the crossbow over his shoulder and walks away. Maddie runs up the stairs and watches from the upstairs window as the man loads another arrow into the crossbow. It might be called a bolt. I'm calling it an mm-hmm. arrow. I don't know. Oh, I'm ignorant. I- <laughs> he doesn't notice her as she walks around to the side of the house. She goes to another window and watches him as he walks slowly, looking around. Once she sees that he's gone to the other side of the house, she opens the window and quietly slides down onto the roof. So they said that the only reason that she put on that jacket earlier and made a big show about being cold or whatever is because they wanted to hide the harness that she was wearing in this scene. (laughs) Because otherwise, you would see the everything. Yeah. I thought it was so that when she saw the photos he was sending her, you could tell that it the was time? then and yeah. then now. I think that was just a happy accident. That's All really, right. that's yeah. genius. Off mic, JP referred to it as the Charlie Kelly jacket. He did. Yeah. And, <laughs> and he's not wrong. That's all I will ever see from now on. <laughs> when she put it on, I was like, hey! I was like, fucking Charlie. That's so good. <laughs> Making sure his back is turned to her, she turns on the flashlight and throws it as far as she can into the woods. The man hears it land, sees the light, and goes after it. I don't know if it was because of the way the flashlight was flipping, but it looked like a rave object. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's like, this is strobe. What he is she doing dancing. here? Right. Yeah. <laughs> Maddie slowly walks across the creaking gutters to try to climb down while he's distracted. But the moment she begins to lower herself, the man shoots her with an arrow in the back of the left thigh. Maddie climbs back up and takes a look down at him just as he shoots another arrow. She throws herself backward and it flies over her, narrowly missing her. It very, um, the Matrix. I was like, going to say, yeah. we saw it from all angles. Yeah. And <laughs> <laughs> Maddie pulls the arrow out of her leg and screams silently in her pain. The man climbs up the trellis, placing his crossbow on the roof before pulling himself back up. A fucking rookie move. Dude. (sighs) Yeah. Maddie pushes him down and takes the crossbow and the arrow. He falls to the ground and angrily begins to climb back up. I just want to say that he just saw that she didn't move. She's still there. (laughs) Like he's like, well, I'm going to climb up here and it's going to be fine. Maybe he thought he shot her. And what was he going to do? Make sure or what? He's like, I didn't know she was the one. (laughs) (laughs) Well, he fucking found out. Yeah. 
I did learn that they did it seemingly anyway because the only stunt credits I see are stunt coordinators. Right. They did their own stunts. Oh, shit. Oh, wow. Really? Yeah. I think nice. he fell on a pad or something underground because yeah. he eats it. Yeah, yeah he does. <laughs> Maddie runs as fast as she can back to the open window with her new weapon and is able to close it on him before he can get inside. His only weakness. <laughs> yes. Windows. Yeah. <laughs> I was getting like almost <laughs> diehard vibes. Like now I have a crossbow. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he bangs on the window, but she raises the crossbow and levels it at him. Finally, he walks away. Once he's out of sight, she lowers the crossbow and shifts her attention to her wounded leg. I will say him climbing back up, right? I don't know that if I were her, I would have taken off. I have your crossbow. Yeah. Let's see what's inside that skull, man. It's yeah. not loaded, though. Crack him over the head. Oh, yeah. well, yeah. That's your- <laughs> you said that's a blunt force. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. You can just club people. <laughs> yeah, yes. dude. You don't need to load anything. Fair point. <laughs> She presses a hand to her jeans and it's bloody when she pulls it away. She crawls into the bathroom and closes the door behind her. After taking off the Charlie Kelly jacket, (laughs) she pulls down her pants to reveal the bleeding and gaping wound on her thigh. Gripping a piece of fabric between her teeth, she pours alcohol on it. And Mm. I was like, no! God damn it. She pounds on the ground in agony before pulling her jeans back up. So this was a big point of contention between Flanagan and Kate Siegel. Right. Mm. Kate Siegel said that, you know, not only as kind of a little homage to Ellen Ripley, Mm -hmm. but she's like, why would I pull these dirty ass jeans over my fresh wound? Back up. Yeah. Yeah. But Flanagan determined and it kind of would change the remainder of the film. It would have just been too sexy. I mean... He's like, I'm not all the way Rob Zombie. (laughs) 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 We don't need to show your ass. I I would think that it would be backwards because uh, in that interview that I read, Kate Siegel said that it was very purposeful in the fact that if you switched the genders, it wouldn't matter. Mm -hmm. Like she's not being preyed upon because she's a woman. Right. Necessarily. There's no like sexual threat or I mean, because... I feel like a lot of movies that would be where this is going. Oh, absolutely. Right, right. Um, so yeah, that surprised me that she's like, no, I need to be in my panties. No. <laughs> <laughs> I think she eventually came around because she was like, well, if you think about it, if that were to happen and for the last like act of the film, she's running around the house. She's like, well, right. that's not really the Maddie that yeah. she knows. Well, because she had said that she doesn't see her as like a victim in a horror film. She sees her as it, it, like an action movie yeah and she you know tying John up Paul's and, making faces. Well, <laughs> <laughs> i mean she they compared some aspects of it of die hard a little bit and not as much as say halloween or wait until dark but i mean there's a bit of her kind of coming into her own she doesn't go into any events or anything <laughs> but <laughs> i will say though when she did pull the jeans back up i was like oh no yeah. like, yeah. i was like that is probably not a good idea i i was very confused why she did this at all uh-huh. you could have just poured the alcohol over the hole in your oh, pants I guess that is true. true and tied it on there why did you didn't what would you have done if he would have broke through that window with your pants around your knees or a molotov cocktail came through the window at you then what you can't even get up and run there's no point in you pulling him down clean it (laughs) right there i'd be like if if this thing gets infected that's the fucking least of my oh no yeah yeah (laughs) i don't even think my priority (laughs) would be to clean it (laughs) you can have it yeah i just want to get the fuck out of here we'll deal with that later yes (laughs) 
But she ties the piece of fabric tight around her leg with the jeans pulled up, gasping and panting in pain. With the job done, she picks up the crossbow and notices 13 tallies etched into the side of it. Did the fact that it added up to 13 make you think of 1408? Well, of course. I, you know, <laughs> it was a little homage because it was what, 1553? Right. Yeah, because it wasn't even like or a. Two. That's not, that's 14. <laughs> no. <laughs> I know what you were saying. Yeah, yeah, but it wasn't like five, five, three. Yeah. yeah. Learn to fucking tally, guy. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, no, this one belongs over here. It's like, okay, who are we to question well, his method? maybe this is uh, different excursions. Oh, the first yeah. time, he only killed one person. Oh, okay. Yeah. I can see that. You know, and then he killed uh, 12. Right. Yeah. <laughs> the second time. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> but she struggles to load it, trying several times and failing. But she doesn't notice that the man is standing outside the bathroom window watching her. He remarks, not so easy, is it? What sucks is that there's no Wi-Fi, so she can't pull a ready or not and right. watch. <laughs> <laughs> Another man knocks on the door, calling out for Sarah. This is her partner, John, played by Michael Truco. He knocks on other doors and windows, continuing to call out Sarah's name, but stops when he notices the lipstick message on the sliding glass door. Now, I know that I said... I, I, this is a great film to me. Mm-hmm. I know John Paul a lot. And right. I'm sure a lot of people listening, you know, Agree don't, with, don't feel the right. same way. Yeah. And that's fine. I will say this part was a problem for me, but we'll get into it. Well, before we do, I want to talk about <laughs> <laughs> just a couple cool things. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, Michael Truco was actually on Battlestar Galactica. Oh, shit. With Katie Sackhoff. Hey. Who was in Oculus. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So we can play some Kevin Bacon games right. here. <laughs> but the interesting thing to me that they talked about is that when they were putting the finishing touches on this script, mm-hmm. they actually stayed in room 217 of the <gasps> Stanley Hotel. Oh, shit. And they went to the bar, you know, kind of did the whole Stephen King thing. Right. And they were finishing it up. And as they were finishing it up, that's why this guy is named John Stanley. Oh, wow. Oh, okay. Because they gave him the hotel. That is fucking well, they, cool. They didn't give they him gave the hotel. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they named him after the yeah. hotel. <laughs> One day, all of this. Yeah. <laughs> I misspoke. <laughs> <laughs> They're like, I get a part and a yeah. hotel. <laughs> oh, shit. No fooling. I, yeah. <laughs> I want to work with Mike Flanagan. Hell Fuck. Yeah. <laughs> but he pulls out his phone just then, the man comes around the side of the house, shining the flashlight at him. He tells him to drop what's in his hand, and John raises his hands up. He says he was just trying to call the police. He's a friend. He doesn't want any trouble. The man orders him down onto his knees, and John complies. When he's asked for identification, he slowly drops his phone and gets out his wallet. He presents him with his ID, and the man confirms that he lives next door. He finally lowers the flashlight with a nervous laugh and an apology. The man explains that he was here responding to a call. He found the house like this and there was a man inside, but the man ran out and knocked him down, uh, apparently knocking him out cold. And he woke up with no gun, no phone, no radio. This is a very plausible story, right? (laughs) Yeah, man. Happens all the time. (laughs) And he definitely looks like a cop responding to a call. I think that's where you kind of lose me a little bit. He's like, he took my whole fucking uniform and dressed me in his thug clothes. (laughs) (laughs) And he gave you the fucking George Clooney tattoo. (laughs) (laughs) I I think my (laughs) I think my thing (laughs) it's difficult for me because 
watching this, I know we can't even attempt to look like we're not complying to what a cop is saying. Right. Of course. So I get why he's acting like this and why he's like, you know, giving him the benefit of the doubt because this could end very badly in two seconds. Right. For, okay, initially, but as this goes on and this man continues to speak, I'm like, John. Well, yeah. (laughs) Oh my God. I mean, as soon as he put the flashlight down, I'd have been like, you're, you're not even a cop. (laughs) That is fair because uh, up until this point, he's been blasting him in the yeah, face. Yeah, you can't see. Yeah, you can't. I mean, that. okay, yeah, I'll give him that. It's like, why are you looking like you're dressed like you're casing the place? Yeah. Yes. Like literally. But the man asks if John knows who lives here. And he says, yeah, their friend Maddie Young does. She lives alone, but his girlfriend comes over to check on her all the time. The man asks her name and John tells him, Sarah Green. He asks for John's phone to call for backup, admitting that he really should have done that when he first got here. John asks if he is the police and the man says he's barely a deputy. I'd be like, I don't, there's something. Yeah. <laughs> barely. A I don't de- believe yeah. you. <laughs> and what if John's like, well, I'm the sheriff and I've never exactly, heard. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. You don't know. Yeah. yeah. It's an Albany expression. <laughs> <laughs> I see. <laughs> but John looks him up and down and the man just asks for the phone again. John does look suspicious but he hands his phone over. I'd be like, I'll, I'll do it. I'll, I'll make the call yeah, for you. Yeah. yeah. The man takes a few steps away to make his call. He calls for backup and says the suspect has taken off on foot. No one is here, but a neighbor just came by. He ends the call and John asks the man if he saw the message on the window. The man says that he did. As he slips John's phone into his own pocket, he asks if Maddie has a boyfriend. John says no. The man asks about nearby family or anyone who would have access to the house. But John still says no. Maddie keeps to herself. John notices the wound that Maddie made with the hammer on the man's arm and asks about it. The man blames it on this mystery assailant that came running out of the house and knocked him out. So he also hit you with a hammer? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) It all happened very fast. When he pushed him, he fell on the hammer. (laughs) It was just laying like whatever. Uh, (laughs) I was going to say face up and I'm like, that's not what it is. (laughs) Claw up. Claw up, yeah. But the man says now that he thinks about it, the guy was about John's size, a jock, linebacker type, scary. Looking suspicious, John is like, can I have my phone back? The man pulls it out of his pocket and hands it over, not realizing that he also pulled out Sarah's earring that he had kept as a trophy. It falls onto the porch, shining, and John sees it immediately. He takes a few steps toward the man, but the man circles back around to where John had previously been standing. John asks if Maddie made the call to the police and the man says that he received it from dispatch and assumed it was just the resident of the house. John explains that Maddie couldn't have been the one to make the call because she's deaf and mute. The man's like, huh? I'm like, every alarm is going off. Oh, yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. I'm sorry, but the second the earring falls out. Yeah. If you're John, aren't we rushing over there? I was going to say, literally, you could just tackle him. This dude is big. John is a big dude. Uh, Get over there. It's all chew his nose off. (laughs) (laughs) Like, I just don't understand why the earring is enough. No. Yeah. Yeah. At that, at that, if I would have given him that much time Mm -hmm. when the earring fell out, that was it. That was my cue. We're done. Yeah. But the man's like, oh, it must have been Sarah that called then. But John does not look convinced. 
In the bathroom, Maddie still strains and struggles to load the crossbow and fails, hurting her finger in the process. She finally gives up, laying on her back and sobbing. I do. I will say that I appreciate them. The I guess the blocking of this scene mm-hmm. where they're kind of trading uh, higher ground. Right. And yeah. So you're like, well, who's, you know. Yeah. So I guess it would be a little because he wasn't as he would have to rush him to chew his nose off. <laughs> so <laughs> I, he still could do it. Yeah, he could. I believe in him. <laughs> <But> <laughs> I just I mean, he is a little squirrely. <laughs> is all I'm trying to say. <laughs> Back on the porch, the man says that being a deaf mute must be pretty rough. He asked if Maddie's always been this way, but John says no. She had meningitis when she was a teenager. The man says she must be able to get by if she's living by herself out here. John says that he's pretty sure she has a spare key in one of her plants. The guy's like, well, she's been kicking my ass all night. Yeah, (laughs) She's pretty resilient. (laughs) And even that, I know it's a small nitpick, but why are you still feeding him information? This, yeah. I, I like why you clearly know he's not a cop anymore. Why? And it's not like he's making shit up. He's telling his, the her truth. business. Yeah. Yeah. Like, <laughs> what the fuck? He's She's like, also she a writer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure there's a safe in there. Somewhere. Yeah. She's probably got loads of fucking money inside. Yeah. You ever read Midnight Mass? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there's a bunch of first editions with a typo on the cover. Yeah. You might steal all of them, actually. <laughs> But he sends the man over to look for it. And when he goes, John asks if he thinks it was a burglar. The man says that he's sure they're fine. If they were able to call it in, they probably just left. John points out Maddie's trashed car. And when the man looks over, John picks up a large rock and hides it behind his back. He moves closer to the man and asks how long until the backup comes. The man tells him 10 to 15 minutes and expresses gratitude for John finding him. He could have just been out here alone bleeding all night. <laughs> okay. All <right>. yeah. <laughs> like to- and John didn't find him. He found John. Yeah. Yeah. Whatever, dude. He's like, maybe I can get him on my side. <laughs> <laughs> uh, thanks for being here, man. No, yeah. <laughs> well, the guy was really nice to me. Complimentary of right. me finding him. John, gripping the rock, says that he's glad he came by. The man bends over to look in the plant for the key and John starts for him. Just before he can attack, Maddie starts to bang on the sliding glass door. John looks over in her direction and the man immediately punctures his throat with a knife. You did that to him. Yeah, she got him killed, I dude. Mean, yeah, she did, but it wasn't on purpose. I know, but it you he's right I'm there. I'm like, I'm going to see how this plays yeah. out. Yeah, <laughs> oh, he's got a rock. You got this. Yeah, exactly. yeah, no more. Yeah, damn it. I mean, I think my thing is that I, I've been, I don't know why, I don't know what's going on on Twitter, dude, yeah. but I've been getting a lot of like suggested like videos of street fights and shit. Right, right. <laughs> <laughs> and I one, like that you're watching them though well, you have yeah, to offer up some advice. Maybe that's is why I keep getting get, suggested. Is this why you, where you're getting the chewing the nose yeah, off? The ch- <laughs> <laughs> it is a good tactic. <laughs> no, all, all I'm saying is that in street fights, I see this a lot where people on your side are trying to hold you back from fighting right and in the process of doing that they get your ass kicked <laughs> yeah <laughs> it's like don't fucking touch me Just right leave it yeah. exactly and that's what this is yeah is she is like holding his arms while this dude stabs him in the jugular yeah. right yeah unfortunately but john starts pouring blood but he still tries to swing on the man the man tells him to take it easy because this is already done he easily dodges the punches and slices john on the back of his leg which is just that yeah was that was much. a little much i it's almost like when someone fights a giant or yeah. something. <laughs> but that's kind of what he's doing. Yeah. 
This is I'm like just realizing that this happened in Doctor Sleep. It did. Where yeah. the, the too fast with yeah. the slice of it on the leg. Now and I didn't like that one because that was my wife that okay. got sliced. We're not talking about that. I love Rose. Rose that. That. Yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> we all knew. But one thing I will say is I love I don't know why this moment is so cool for me whenever he's just like, it's done. Yeah. yeah. There you know what? There was a moment in I don't know if you guys have seen Drive. Yeah. It first of all, I love that movie. Yeah, but there's a very similar moment in that where it's somebody, obviously no spoilers, gets killed, but they're shocked at what has just happened, and the guy that killed him is like, "It's done. Don't yeah. you know? Don't even worry about it." <laughs> and you're like, scary. "Don't worry." He's like, yeah. why, "Why are you not acting like this is a fucking huge deal?" <laughs> <laughs> I'm dying. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but I just love the calm of a killer. Yeah, yeah. Like moments like that are really cool to me. But Maddie cries and bangs on the glass as John goes down. The man says that since John is so big, he knew he, the way he says it is funny. He'd only have a two out of 10 chance. Of well, he knew. I mean, he's being realistic. Yeah. Yes. It's just, I feel like 20% makes well. more sense to say. <laughs> the way he said it was Well, funny. maybe he's running through scenarios like Maddie is. He- All right. Or he's... He's like thinking of the check marks on his crossbow. He's got a, a thirty-three in the third <laughs> chance. Yeah. I mean, because yeah. John knows. Yeah. <laughs> but so he thanks Maddie for showing up when she did. He leans in close to John and reassures him that it's okay as he bleeds out in the leaves. Surprising him though, John lurches up and tackles him onto the ground. Maddie turns her attention to the crossbow. John gets the man in a chokehold and weakly calls out to Maddie to run. She stands there staring as John continues to choke the man. Okay, so just a couple things here. Yeah. One, I love the rotation of the camera with the crossbow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Almost, well, it's kind of like, maybe it's a Flanagan trademark that I just haven't picked up on, but remember in Oculus? In Oculus, yeah, I was thinking the same when thing. When the sexy camera followed them in the- In the bed? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that was sexy. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> but the thing with the crossbow is give up on the crossbow. Right. He is choking this dude out. Go out there and chew his nose off. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or at least do something. Can you right. offer up any kind of advice? Or pick up the crossbow and bash him in the back of the head yeah. with it. Or well, bash him in the I, face yeah. with it. First of all, I did just offer up a little bit of advice. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was just advice you're tired of hearing. But <laughs> I think that even if you run out there and just stomp him in the face, right. you're getting the upper hand. Oh, yeah. Like, I don't understand and why he's, she... He's hurt already. Yes. Yeah. And he's busy. He can't defend yeah. himself. Yeah. Do something. There's no way she could have seen him tell her to run. Well, she Dude does, was on top of him she and does, he was on the floor. She does continue to stare at them. When he says <laughs> she doesn't take the yeah. advice. But finally, she does snap into action and leaves out of another door. Limping, she runs. But the man has gotten free and chases after her. He hits her on the back of the head with a huge rock. Once she's down, he gets on top of her. We're in Maddie's point of view as he straddles her and brings the rock down again and again. It's bloodier and bloodier each time. We zoom out and see that Maddie is dead, the top of her head completely ruined. She turns her head and looks at us. What? No, I'm sorry. Just I've never heard of anybody (laughs) describing blunt force drama as, wow, her head's ruined. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I mean, it was. It wasn't factory. Yeah. No. <laughs> if you chewed someone's nose off when their, their face is ruined. ruined. <laughs> That's fair. Let me put it in terms you can understand. Okay, I get the nose thing, but <laughs> go on. But looking at us, she says, you can't run. 
And then Maddie is back in the house, staring out of the glass door. Damn, her, I thought it was almost well, over. Shut up. Oh. <laughs> her dead body and the man disappear, and she lets go of the door handle. I love this. Me too. It's been set up. This is how she determines the endings. Yes. Runs through all these scenarios. <laughs> they called it something very interesting because they said that uh, Mike Flanagan does this in his writing process. Mm-hmm. And Kate Siegel called it paralysis by analysis. I love that. And it is this. It's you Can sitting it in the taught? moment. I'm, well, I don't know. Shit. Teach me. Yeah, I'll fucking sit there with all these endings. If yeah. I can write like Mike Flanagan. No shit. But uh, I think it works so well and it goes back to her writing. Like it's all. What she told Sarah at the beginning. Exactly. Yeah, it didn't do anything. Okay. <laughs> Heard. Outside, John chokes the man until he slowly dies. John, not the man. And the man is able to get free with a heaving breath. Inside, Maddie sits down and the voices start up. She can't outrun him on her leg. The crossbow would work, but it would have to be a perfect shot in his heart or his brain. We pan over to see another version of Maddie talking to herself, explaining that she would have to be a perfect shot with the crossbow. She would have to be close and it would have to be a kill shot, but she can't even load it and he's going to be moving. So I found the way that they're playing this out very interesting. Mm-hmm. And it was basically reused in Gerald's game. Yes. And yeah, I that's exactly it. what I thought of. Did you? I am I was confused because she said the voice in her head was her mom. Uh-huh. But this is her. And the voice isn't... I, I, your sister made a good point. She said, we don't know what her mom's voice sounds like. Mm-hmm. But us knowing the actress, we know that's your voice and that's you. So are you putting your mom's voice in your body correct like, I, I don't know I, <laughs> it, it was just it kind of threw me off because at the beginning she said i hear my mom's voice uh-huh that's your voice i i, I don't i get what you're saying i do really like the her talking to herself because it does make me think of gerald's game and right. i fucking love gerald's game but maybe it would have been a little more effective because we did see photos of her family right if it was her mother but if somebody wasn't paying attention they'd be like who the fuck is that so no, I mean, yeah. I feel yeah, like it's a no, double-edged yeah. sword. I You're feel right. like maybe they just couldn't hire an actress to play your mom. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's like just get, we'll just get you. You're doing yeah, this. Do, yeah. <laughs> or, you know what they could have done is maybe she grew up to look exactly like her mom. Maybe don't have her wearing the exact same outfit. <laughs> yeah, <that's> what, <laughs> I get where you're coming yeah. from. <laughs> that's a fair, a fair little nitpick. But we see Maddie outside opening the breaker as she tells herself to go out there and get the power on. She says that she doesn't know, though, if the man just flipped the switch or if he cut the wires. In her mind, the man comes up behind her and slits her throat as she tries to figure out the breaker. Scrapping that idea, they go over hiding options, the bedroom, the bathroom, and the loft. All he'll need is a rock to break any window because there are windows in each room. Mm -hmm. Maddie tells herself that the loft is out. (laughs) There's no cover and no door to barricade. The best she can hope for is if he doesn't find her, she bleeds to death. We see this Maddie pale and dead hiding behind a chair in the corner of her loft. The shot of her. Yeah. That was jarring. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, oh, my God. Yeah. These stakes are high. Yeah. <laughs> the highest. Yeah. Next option is outside. She could hide in the crawl space, but she already tried that once. There's no room to maneuver if he finds out that she's there. We see the man dragging Maddie out from underneath the crawl space. She tells herself that she wouldn't last long under there. She outlines the facts. She's cold, dizzy, and her vision is fading. Her fingernails are turning blue and she's running out of time. It's only a matter of time before she's not going to be able to walk or see and he's going to come inside. 
She says that the man knows Maddie's bleeding out. It's all over for her when he comes in here. He has all the advantages. He's bigger, faster, and stronger. And most notably, he can hear her. She sums it all up. She can't run. We see her limping away. She can't hide. We see her dead, slumped in the corner of the room. She can't wait. We see her dead, bled out in her bathtub. If she goes outside, she's dead. We see the man stabbing her after pulling her out of the crawl space. There are too many endings, she says, but they're all the same. There's only one ending that he won't expect. She can't run, hide, or wait. So what does that leave? Maddie signs to herself. Kill him. That's when I'm like, oh, oh bitch, shit. <laughs> we're about to. I'm like hyped at this point. Act three or whatever. Right. Yeah, I'm not. <laughs> You're still like, this is bad. It. I I I don't like the superhero or the hero thing here. It's very. I I get what they're trying to go through, and I do appreciate her fighting back. I feel like it took a long time to get to this, and I uh, I don't I don't like the whole. I'm going to fight back now. What? I do. <laughs> why did, I'm like, yes, well, why didn't you do back? that from the beginning? She was scared. Well, I will say, in all fairness, <laughs> she did grab a hammer and a knife first thing. That's true. That's true. I, and but most movies, they wait until the end. running around the house. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. I just, I, it it felt, I don't, it felt kind of uh, like, I get it. Like I said, I, I, I feel like I could have done without this and her still fight back. Uh-huh. But the whole, like, triumphant, like, oh, this is what it is. Her powering up. I was like, nah, I'm... You saw the lights I'm, around yeah, her. Yeah, I'm good. Yeah. I... I could not disagree more. I loved every yeah. part of this. I loved the foreshadowing of her being like, I hear a voice telling me, and mm-hmm. her mother's voice. Yeah. I'll give you that. I'll give you that part. But the fact that this is how she writes. And right. we saw her writing earlier. No, I I, guess whole, I, I get it. I, I love not, it. Yeah. I also do feel like he has both of them, I guess, because she wrote it too. They've yeah. got a direct line to whatever I like. Yeah. I, I don't know what it is. <laughs> mm-hmm. I feel like they're making shit just for, for you. Me yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but outside, the man sits next to John's dead body and admits that he never would have won in a fight against him. He's like, man, you're fucking, yeah. like, <laughs> you're strong. <laughs> He takes a pack of cigarettes out of John's pocket and tells him that these things are going to kill him. It's like, you don't need. Yeah, come on. Yeah. That's enough. You're, yeah, this, you're shit talking a dead body. Dude. <laughs> like, you feel good about yeah. yourself? Grow up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> After taking the tire iron out of Maddie's trunk, he takes one of the cigarettes for himself. He asks John his advice. Should he go over there and get this over with? He decides to wait a little longer until she's lost some more blood. That way, he won't risk being shot in case her aim is better than her judgment. He smokes and the cat comes over to him. I was like, if you fucking touch that cat, I was very upset. He greets her and grabs her by the neck. He asks the cat if this is her house and he checks the collar. Her name is boldly on the front, bitch. (laughs) And on the back is Maddie's number and full name. He pets the cat and reassures her that she'll see mommy soon. Well, her mommy will see her nailed to... I was like, oh, you oh fucking... It's a yeah. secret window? <laughs> but that's when Maddie shoots him in the shoulder with an arrow. She stands on the porch with the crossbow. The man pulls the arrow from his shoulder and starts after her. She runs back in, but she drops the arrow. 
Boldly, she reaches back onto the porch and grabs it. But before she can pull her arm back in, the man slams the sliding glass door on it with all its strength. Again, Mike Flanagan hates hands. <laughs> hates them. She drops the arrow and the man stomps on her shaking hand. She screams silently in horrible pain as we hear the bones crunch. He continues to stomp down and break them as Maddie beats against the glass door with her free hand in agony. When he releases it, Maddie's hand is a bloodied, mangled mess. One might say ruined. (laughs) (laughs) Again, I have to say it twice. Mike Flanagan hates Hates hands. Like so much. I... I don't know what it is, but every single time I watch this movie, yeah. I forget this part's coming. Oh, my God. <laughs> and then when he rushes up to the window, I'm like, oh, no, 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 no. Yeah. <laughs> That's a fucking hand part. Just forget it. Let it go. God. And it looks so good. Yeah. Oh, that. Yeah. I found out how they did this. And even just thinking about it, it feels uncomfortable even trying to do what she did. Mm-hmm. But what she did was she took her pinky and her ring finger and she put them at her palm and they glued those fingers to her palm. But after they did that, they fit the prosthetic over those fingers. Ah. And it looks so real. It, it does. does. I'm like, yeah. how are they doing this? And so, because it makes sense when you see her hold it to her chest. Yeah. She's double hiding those fingers yeah. yeah and it's just like even like holding my fingers like this because they said that the prosthetic took two hours to put on yeah and oh two hours to take off Damn. so she's there all day because they said they only had one extra version of the prosthetic so they could only fail at oh it once oh, <laughs> and so i just can't even imagine it just looks so uncomfortable it look i mean it looks amazing though yeah, yeah. but fuck I say uncomfortable. It looks like agony. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like that looks like it hurts, man. I had read that they, she said that they were actually closing the door on her hand. Mm. I mean, not slamming it oh, obviously, okay. but they were actually yeah, closing yeah. it on there and that they had to keep doing it over and over and over. And it was hurting. Well, I mean, fuck. Yeah. And she said that after a while, she was wincing before the door closed oh. because she knows it's coming yeah, and it yeah. hurts. And then on the last, one of the last takes, it pinched her skin in the door and she was like, I'm done. Like you need to get it from what you already got. And she said that Mike Flanagan was like, look, you're frustrated. Use that. And we can, (laughs) she was like the way that he talks to actors is so genuine and kind that she was like, I'm doing this one more fucking time. And she did. And that's the take that ends up being used. But I was like, fuck. (laughs) (laughs) She's like, I'm done. Yes. Well, fuck. I, I don't know what it is about being pinched. Oh yeah. yeah. Like I don't do that to me. <laughs> <laughs> I will wear green <laughs> every day. <laughs> but he lets her pull her hand inside and lock the door. She cradles it as she sobs and the man kneels down to snap the arrow in front of her. That's just yeah. He's like you were reaching for this. Yeah. It's like you fucking ugh. I don't like this guy. No. This, this guy's, guy's a real <laughs> jerk. <laughs> 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 He looks down at her, still sobbing, and says, I'm coming in. Maddie stops sobbing and stands up, holding her broken hand to her chest. He rises with her, and the two stare at each other. Maddie dips her finger into the wound on her leg and uses the blood to write, do it, before banging on the glass door. She dips her finger again before writing the word, coward. The man looks at her smugly before walking away to get the tire iron. When he returns, Maddie is on her computer with her back to the doors. The music swells as he beats the doors repeatedly, shattering the glass with the tire iron as Maddie writes one last thing. 
Male, 5'9", green eyes, brown hair, short, tattoo on side of neck. Love you, mom, dad, Max, died fighting. I have in my notes here, why am I crying? <laughs> like, it, like, it... <laughs> got me this and then a moment in a minute i'm like i'm fucking like why am i so emotional <laughs> i think what it is is you've got the chaos in the background yeah of him smashing this window you've got her stoically typing this message accepting the possibility that she could be dying that right. she probably very is. shortly yeah. right uh the music Newton from, brothers yes newton always. brothers bringing it the emotion on her face even though she is resigned in this yeah i got goosebumps yeah i was like i choked up i was wondering what that door was made out of the i glass. mean it's funny it held up it held up yeah he's like the whole time he's like i can get in anytime i want yeah. he's like fuck, fuck maybe yeah <laughs> maybe go to a different window after all yeah. the it's effort like, uh, you're putting yeah in. it's like dude with your fucking stabbed arm. Yeah. Right? <laughs> but she grabs a knife and limps into her bedroom, locking the door. She goes into the bathroom, locking that door too. She sits in front of the tub and holds the knife out in front of her, struggling to keep her eyes open. We zoom in on Maddie, blinking and shaking her head and hear through her ears. But we see glass breaking, flying into the tub behind her. The man's feet and legs come down as he lowers himself into the tub. He watches the back of Maddie's neck as she breathes hard, still holding the knife in front of her. Taking out his knife, he quietly tells her that he thinks she's holding out on him. If he hits the right spot, he bets he can make her scream. He laughs and the breath moves the hair on the back of her neck. Hearing as Maddie again, we see her eyes open wide with realization. She turns the knife in her hand and in slow motion, she moves. His knife grazes her shoulder instead, and she's able to plunge hers into his knee. And it's funny because he's like, if I hit the right spot, she hit the right spot. Oh, yeah. Because he's, he's like, like oh, <laughs> oh, <man."> <laughs> <laughs> There's no way she couldn't have felt the glass hit behind her, him lower himself down. Into the tub? Yeah. There, she's leaned against it. The glass broke behind her in the tub. I mean, yes, but the moment is so good that I'm gonna let this one slide. I, <laughs> I what I think, overruled. <laughs> <laughs> what I think is maybe the adrenaline of the moment. She She's is so passing focused out too. on the door. Yeah, it's true. That I didn't even think about that. She is kind of in and out. Like the delicious burger and fries. <laughs> the delicious burger. Get moving on, moving on. <laughs> moving on. Order the fries well done, the delicious. <laughs> <laughs> but he does scream and turns his attention to his leg as Maddie runs out of the room. Her vision blurs and she stumbles when she gets back into the kitchen. As she goes for another knife from the block on her counter, she falls next to the forgotten can of wasp spray. The man stumbles in and spots her immediately in the kitchen. As he approaches her, she looks up at him with her head slumped to the side. He calls her a fucking cunt. Ooh. And in response, she sprays him in the eyes with the wasp spray. <laughs> <laughs> he had it coming. I feel like that should happen every time, someone. I'm also struggling to say wasp, wasp spray. spray. <laughs> <laughs> so it sounds funny. I can't say it right. So leave me alone. Well, they can share the S and the They can share it. Yeah. yeah. That's for both of y'all. <laughs> She sets the can back down and gets to her feet. She stumbles to the counter and sets off her fire alarm. He stumbles backward as she goes toward him, shoving it toward his face. He drops the knife and hits the desk where she had set the corkscrew and that falls too. 
Maddie picks up his knife, but he's able to grab her and throw her onto the ground. He kicks her repeatedly and gets on top of her and starts to choke her, but she bites his hand. When he starts to choke her again, she reaches for the corkscrew, but can't quite get there. She sticks her finger in the wound in his shoulder and he screams, but he keeps choking her. Maddie can hear nothing but her own heartbeat starting to slow. With every thump, she sees herself young. She sees herself growing. She sees herself with her parents and her sister. Snapshots as she starts to fade. This is when I was like, oh my God. (laughs) (laughs) That's actually Kate Siegel's family. Oh, really? Yeah. I think with the exception of Max. Yeah. But just as her heart slows to nearly stopping, she finally reaches the corkscrew. She stabs the man through the neck, the corkscrew coming out the other side. As she stabs him, all the sound turns back on. The alarm blares and she pulls it out, spraying herself with blood. Blood spurts from his neck as the man wheezes and finally lets go. He slumps on top of her. Maddie gasps for air and rolls the man's body off of her. She lies on the ground, panting and gasping, before pulling a phone out of the man's pocket and dialing 911. She puts it on speakerphone before lying back down next to him. We see Sarah's body, still slumped over outside. We see John's body, still lying in the leaves in front of the house. We see the front of the house, the window flashing with the alarm, still blaring inside, but we can't hear it. Maddie stumbles onto the porch and sits down. Bitch comes over to her, meowing, and sits down next to her. She's like, I know, dude, that was a lot. (laughs) Maddie pets her reassuringly and looks out into the woods. Finally... The lights of approaching cop cars come into view and piano plays as we hear their siren ring out into the night. The car pulls onto the property and the sound fades out. We zoom in on Maddie's face, bathed in the blue light of the cop car. She smiles. It cuts to black and the credits roll. So what did you guys think of Hush? Before we answer that question, I want to talk about the alternate ending. The wasp oh. spray. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I want to talk about the wasp spray. <laughs> God damn it. Dude, they can share. It's fine. <laughs> it's like we have S&P at home. That's this is the S- <laughs> <laughs> But <laughs> what I'm trying to say is that they had planned with the books, the extra copies she had. Yeah. Back when they thought that they had an attic, uh-huh. the idea was that the house was going to go up in flames. See, that's what I was expecting when yes. she was like, I don't see flames. And Maddie's like, not yet. I was like, that house exactly. is going to yeah. And that was the plan originally. But then they realized they didn't have enough money to build like a fake facade of a house. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They didn't have, it just wouldn't work. And so that line stayed in, but the ending that was meant for it didn't. Right. Ah, uh, okay. But I do also want to say that... Kate Siegel had said, and I don't mean to pepper your, uh, and not, uh, pepper the the sauce. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And I mean to pepper your gravy, but I think that this may make you kind of maybe appreciate a little bit more. Uh I hope. But Kate Siegel said that whenever she watches this film, it reminds her of working on it, writing it with Mike Flanagan, falling in love with him, starting on a date night and Mm -hmm. ending, you know, they, they said that they actually got married, right after this film was released oh that's nice and so it kind of showed them that if they could do this put this all together then they could get through anything and they decided to get married oh well, that's good mm-hmm. so what do you think like, of the movie like yeah. it. <laughs> <laughs> that does nothing for me okay uh, <laughs> it made uh, me like it more there you I, go. 
I I don't know. Like I said, it 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 just felt like a lot of it was drawn out, and it would just I. And and as someone, your sister gives me a lot of shit for loving Dragon Ball Z because they do <laughs> take episodes to get to something to happen, which uh-huh. I understand. But seasons the, to get something. The thing oh. is, is that the movie's so short, it just seemed like there was a lot of dead time, and I didn't feel the tension. The entire time, when like when he's walking around the house in circles, I'm like, "What are you doing? Why are you letting her form a plan or get like what? What? Why?" It's like I don't understand. Well, he's I think he's un- just underestimating her. He's like, "Well, what can I do next?" I, Not even thinking that she. Yeah. No, and I I get that, but that also leads to, "Oh, you're just stupid." Well, like, he yeah, I he mean, fucked up. You know yeah, I mean? oh, he like, fucked oh, up you're just time. dumb. It's like. I can't get behind that. You know what I mean? It's like, I don't, and her too. Yeah, you're right. She did grab the weapons or whatever, but you, you could have just waited or left the door open, been like, he's going to come in. He doesn't know I'm in this closet or he doesn't know I'm in this little space. I'm going to fucking slit his throat from behind. Yeah, but she can't hear him coming. She can't find, she she, doesn't need to. If she's hiding, she can keep an eye on the entranceway or wait till he gets somewhere. I mean, I don't know. It it just, like I said, it, it, I, I I watched it and I and I did like I said when I got to that I was like damn <laughs> I was like man I really wish I would have liked that but I it, it did it did nothing for me I'm sorry I I can even say honestly I'm glad that you guys really liked the movie and I wish I would have had a different opinion uh-huh. but watching it through the lens for the show and having to pick everything apart I was like man this really hurt the movie more for me than what I thought it was going to I and I understand that because there's been a lot of movies that I thought that I at least at the very least enjoyed right and then I go back and I'm like well that made no fucking sense at yeah. all right and then uh, not to say that this show ruins films or anything <laughs> but, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> no I hope people listen to the show and gain more of an appreciation for a film right I know that this time around I did for Hush I liked it more this time than probably I ever have okay not that i never liked it before oh yeah yeah. because i loved it from jump but this made me see i guess kind of the craft that had to be in place to put this together right and the idea behind it the inventive kind of reconfiguring of not necessarily a tired Mm subgenre but one that has been done a lot right Mm -hmm. right and in a lot of ways that aren't as interesting as this one Mm -hmm. but i think that uh it's not perfect I'll give you that. <laughs> <laughs> it's like that's as far as I'm going. A, <laughs> a bit of an olive branch right. there. <laughs> but I mean, I feel like it's kind of the one that showed me, I guess, more introduced me to how good Flanagan is at crafting things. And not to take anything away, obviously, Kate Siegel and him wrote a hell of a script. Yeah. And a very simple story that right. I think is told well. I, I like oculus a lot right and i hate to say oh i'm gonna compare whatever but i'm more of an oculus kind of guy i can get I, that. this was just and then like i said when i think of slashers this is not what i think of at all mm-hmm. uh and maybe that's just again i know we've talked about it before being spoiled with uh movie monsters or creatures or fucking e- villains who are non-stop talking shit and killing 20 people in the movie <laughs> right you know what i mean so this and then and then the villain being so stupid it was like oh dude <laughs> I, I it's like i don't know what to do here 
He's no Freddy. Oh, <laughs> you know. God, no. Nobody's saying that. Yeah. And I will say that I think that it kind of, it begins for me as a slasher film. And then I think once he takes the mask off, it kind of takes on that home invasion. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Because he's no Michael Myers. Michael no. Myers never fucked up this bad. No. <laughs> <laughs> he would never. No. Even he knew he got shot six times. And as soon yeah, as he got out of times. sight, he, Mike got up and booked it. Yeah, dude. It's, I think... <laughs> That's one thing. Idea. Yeah, that's one thing nobody talks about. Is he gets shot six times and he's like, "Fuck." Yeah. That. Oh, that hurt. I'm getting out of yeah. here. <laughs> <laughs> Got to go eat that puppy to heal up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I really love this. I mean, I don't think I've said it yet, so I have to. Mike Flanagan for president. Mm. Um, it is not perfect, and. I feel like it's kind of not fair because this movie to me is so fucking good that the few moments that aren't up to par really stick out to me. Right. Because everything else is to me phenomenal. I just think that it is a, and I, I mean, I know that they had watched that Audrey Hepburn movie and that was kind of an inspiration. Mm -hmm. I've never seen that. So to me, this is very unique. I don't mm -hmm. know how close it is to that. Mm -hmm. Um, it's just a ride. I am definitely one for a slow burn. I know you're not as much. I love the mounting tension and the what's going to happen. And I, I'm that plays to me. Right. But I'm your target audience no, for I, a slow burn. <laughs> like, I love that shit. And I feel like this movie is so short that it is a slow burn, but it still moves quickly for me. I know they, <laughs> this is the opposite of everything you just said. <laughs> everything still, you're saying, yeah. you have to qualify. <laughs> for me, for yeah. me, for me. Um, <laughs> it uh, moves quickly enough to, to, to still keep it going. Right. Um, the thought, I think that I'm maybe just a little more sensitive to home invasion stuff because the prospect is so terrifying. Right. And the fact that, and I think that's why I brought up The Strangers and, you know, no spoilers for The Strangers. That right, right, right. I don't even know how fucking old at this point. Yeah. But the fact that it's not even, this dude was just out here to do some shit. Oh, no, yeah. Like, it's not Craig. It's not John. It's not someone that she knows. This is right. just someone fucking around. And he doesn't even want to just come in and kill her. He wants to play. That yeah. is terrifying. I mean, and the fact that we have a woman protagonist that is not a victim mm -hmm. that stands up and is like, okay, if I go down, I'm fucking going down right. fighting. That moment for me was very powerful. Um, I feel like, the, like there are some, some things to point out yeah. that didn't necessarily work for me, but overall I feel like this is a fucking great movie for me. <laughs> <laughs> But I guess we can just slide right into ratings. Um, I just went. So, yeah, <laughs> I really like this. Uh, there are moments with John and the man that didn't work for me. I will give you when Sarah comes back and Maddie is inches away and she doesn't feel it. That, you know, whatever. I'm I'm still going to double down that the tension was so good in the bathtub. <laughs> I don't give a fuck if she would have hurt him or not. I don't care. Um <laughs> But everything else works so well. I mean, and I'm a sucker, I guess, growing up very steeped in Stephen King, a main character that's a writer. Right. I like to pretend that I'm a writer as well. So <laughs> I love seeing, pretend. you know. Yeah. <laughs> you are a writer. Exactly. Whatever. I love to see that. Uh, again, a woman that fucking bosses up. Right. You, you love to see it. Uh, and, and Mike Flanagan and Kate Siegel. I mean, right, what, right. what else do you want? Mm -hmm. I, I'm in heaven already. 
So um, I guess to sum it all up, on a scale from one to ten, cans of wasp spray. No, <laughs> he just wanted to say it one yeah. more time. <laughs> I, I guess I'm hearing it in my head. Uh, whatever you end up hearing after T edits it, we laughed a lot more on yeah. mic about that. Wasp spray. <laughs> Hey, maybe Raid will sponsor us. <laughs> yeah, <right. laughs> We're open to yes. it. Give us a call. <laughs> but on a scale from one to ten, vile visitors. Fair point. I give Hush nine out of ten vile visitors. Um, John Paul's eyebrows just went up. I do not care. <laughs> this movie, I almost, I was toying nine or ten, nine or ten, nine or ten. Mm-hmm. But those few moments that I'm like, oh. It kind of. It yeah. dings it. Not a lot, but it's not a ten. But I will now open up the floor. Maybe, John Paul, you should go next. I'd say so. Kind of get a sandwich situation. <laughs> uh, like I said, I, honestly, I I wish I would have felt different. Mm-hmm. But I just, uh, I watched it and I was like, man, I, I can't. And I got to be honest. You of know course. I mean? For sure. And yeah. I, I didn't enjoy this. And I wish she would have been a boss bitch through the whole movie. Instead of waiting to the end to, I can do it. No, you can do it from the beginning. Well, she tried shit. <laughs> she, she tried, tried though. <laughs> tried. <laughs> she could have killed him the same way he could have killed her. She could have killed him anytime she wanted. Well, but then I mean, the she, movie would have been too short. <laughs> I know she said, oh, he's got advantage. He can hear me. You have home field advantage. This is your house. He doesn't know the layout. He doesn't know what he's walking into. Invite him in. Open, come through the door, dude. So she, Go sh- ahead. she should have home aloneed him. Right. <laughs> I mean, set his hair on fire. Yeah. You know what I mean? Let him touch the knob when it's hot. That you know child I mean? should have been arrested. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You know, the theory is he grew up to be Jigsaw is the... Oh, my oh God. fuck. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, I mean, like I said, it, it it didn't work for me, but that doesn't mean that it... You know what I mean? It doesn't work or that it works. It's not going to work for somebody else. You right. know what I mean? Um, I do... Like I said, I'm not as familiar with people as y'all are, but I do like the stuff Mike Flanagan does. I do like the stuff that she's in as well. I like. I am a fan of theirs, but this movie just didn't like it didn't miss the mark. Yeah, it didn't reach me, you know, and I that sucks because like I said, I honestly went in and until that point, I was like, damn, I was like, I still I can't. I was yeah. like, I'm trying. And it, it did the same thing the first time it did for me. Um, I, I will say that I did have a lot of fun talking about the movie and uh, learning about it. I, I that did help the movie for me. OK. Um, so I will say that. And I know that I'm not going to be giving it a nine. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I didn't think that you yeah, were. Yeah. I, um, I wasn't expecting it. But for me, on a scale from one to ten vile visitors, I'm going to give Hush a 4.5. Wow. I um, so half. <laughs> I uh I won't watch this unless your sister wants to. Uh-huh. I'll be completely honest with you. Uh but I will watch fucking Oculus any day of the week. I will watch Bly Manor over and over Ugh. again. Mm-hmm. I I I enjoy what they do. But this movie just it just is not it didn't hit me like the rest of the stuff did. 
I can respect that. I mean, I as much as I do love this movie, I'm not uh, ignoring the faults. No, yeah. Because there are some plot contrivances. Like They even talked about it on commentary where they said, sometimes really the only excuse we have for why he's not busting in is because he doesn't want to. Yeah. And it's like, well, I mean, that's all right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's not the we groupiest know. thing I've ever said. <laughs> but I get that. And for me, I mean, this doesn't... like If I'm going to sit down and watch Mike Flanagan... Right. Most likely, I'm going to be watching Doctor Sleep because that movie's a 10. Oh, yeah. That yeah. movie's real good. It's yeah. got my wife, Rose the Hat, in Especially it. Especially the director's cut. Yes. 10 out of 10. The director's cut is a literal yeah. 10. It's incredible. But the thing about this one is it feels like bite-sized Flanagan. It's 81 minutes. Yeah. You know, you get some tastes of the stuff that makes his work so great. Right, right. Him and Kate Siegel's script is fantastic. Mm-hmm. Her performance. No, yeah. She does good. Like, she does. So good. Yeah. And so, I mean, there's a lot here to like, but it is those little things that you can nitpick and kind of be like, well, maybe not, Yeah, (laughs) you know, but I think that for me, it also holds a special place for me because even though I had seen Oculus and Absentia, Mm -hmm. this one is the one that it really made me take notice of Mike Flanagan. Well, it's very different. Yes. And it it's it's different from anything he made before. Right. And he's never made anything like it since. No. Minus those little bits of Gerald's game. Right. I can't wait to cover Gerald's game. <laughs> That'll be a lot of fun. Well, some parts I mean, will be yeah. not at all. <laughs> but uh, for me, out of 10 vile visitors, I came to this with a nine out of 10. And I don't know why I built it up like that. I know. I, it was like, did it change? Because I stayed at a nine. Yeah, but- <laughs> I, have not, I have not changed <laughs> at all. I wanted to be dramatic. <laughs> did you guys enjoy that? I loved it. It was great. <laughs> well, that's all from us at Podmortem. What would you rate Hush and what should we watch next? Let us know on Twitter at the Podmortem. Be sure to follow us on Instagram and like us on Facebook. Be sure to follow each of us on Twitter at Blood and Smoke, at RealStreeter84, and at TravisMWH. Please consider pledging to our Patreon and stay tuned until after the music for a special shout out to our Wendigo Getter patrons. And remember, you don't need to shut everyone out. You just need to be selective on who you let in. Until next time. Thank you for staying tuned for a special thank you to our Wendigo Getter patrons. Yeah. yeah. You know, you could have said bug spray, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think the can says a hornet as well. <laughs> I'm not one to make things easy. On yeah. <laughs> God damn it. Well, here we are. <laughs> a special thank you to Chris Ontiveros, Kristen Lofton, Megan Martinez, Kimberly Bass, Sophie Hodson, Anthony Jerome M, Jordan Nash, Kent Morton, Guy54, Lala Thomas, Travis Anissa Hunter, Miguel Myers ATX, Mandy, Jennifer Perez, Pierre Lombard, Allison O'Neill, Carissa, TJ Bronson, Gabrielle Trevino, Spooky Mom, Andy Teague, Applin Ontiveros, Karima Rhodes, Antonio Huerta, Kimberly Kleindienst, Will Brown, Linda, Sydney Smith, Osvaldo Soto, Jonathan Booth, Bobby Holmes, Donna Eason, J.D. Rizak, Molly Gerhardt, Armand Spasto, Aaron Aguirre, Eggie, William Barry, Brittany Ramatar, Charity Oxner, Amanda Six, Mandy Rainwater, Eden, Jordan Roberts, Dylan, Melissa Sierra, Holly Bryan, 
Jordan Blevins, Michelle Moore, Liz Heath, Spencer Montalvo, Pancake the Panda, John Ramos, Michael Newding, Alexius Roberts, Dan Laveau, Itsy M, Gary Horton, Amanda Aliff, Leisha Olivier, Kate Lamp, Carlos and Sydney, Jessica Hunter, Helena Rudder, Alan Johnston, Nicholas Carter, Mariah, Livy Fun, Mandy M, and Scott Troutman. Wow. Thank yeah. you all so much. Yes. Thank you. I got to say, I really do appreciate y'all hanging out with Hush. <laughs> Is that us? Yeah. 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 <laughs> I had it written down and Ari goes, oh, like us. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> Doesn't even laugh. She's like, that's great, mom. <laughs> <laughs> Until next time.